Hey, everybody, this is James Balsamo. Heads are going to roll when you're listening to Without Your Head. <laughs> of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil and i'm joined by horror queen genoviva rossi how are you doing wonderful wonderful thank you for having me on the show i'm super duper excited Yay. thank you for coming on it's i think it's been like a year in the making we talked about it one other time and i'm not sure why it didn't happen but the important part is you're here now Exactly. We've got to live in the present. And I'm excited to be on the same show as Camille Keaton, who is a friend of mine and a really awesome lady. So thank you so much. You teamed us up. Yay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. Uh, real quick, actually, Camille Keaton, uh, when was the first time you met her? That's a good question. I don't know if she remembers, but I think the first time we met um, very briefly was when we were both guests at a convention. I think in West Virginia, it was me, her, Linnea Quigley, I think Kane Hodder and a whole bunch of people. And we met briefly, and I think we all ate tacos, as I recall. And then, um, but, you know, it was so busy that weekend, we probably didn't really get a chance to talk much. And then we reconnected at Scarecon, where we hung out a bit. Me and her and a whole bunch of other amazing people at Scarecon. And that's when Death House had its first premiere, its first screening, like where they did oh, wow. kind of like a test audience where everybody mm-hmm. watched the movie and then filled out these little question cards to let everybody know what their opinion was on it. It was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. And Camille yeah. Keaton was right next to me and we were watching the film together for the first time, which is super duper exciting. Yeah. Was that the, fin- the final cut of the movie? 
Um, as far as I know, yes, it was because I think they got really awesome feedback at Scarecon. Mm-hmm. So I really don't think they had to change anything because I remember um, Harrison Smith, the director, told me he went through the cards and everything was like so positive. Everybody yeah. seemed so excited. Um, it was a packed audience. Everybody was so glad to be there. You weren't allowed to even have your camera, I think even your cell phone <laughs> in the room because they didn't want any recording devices or any pictures leaked. It was pretty mm-hmm. intense. Um, and you know, everybody loved it so much. So I think that is the final cut, but I'm going to be going to the premiere with Camille Keaton, Bill Obers Jr. And Lloyd Kaufman of Troma Entertainment on February 23rd, the New York city premiere. And I think the night before that is going to be the LA premiere. So Mm -hmm. I'll know then for sure, whether or not they change anything. (laughs) It'll be my second time seeing it. (laughs) So that was your very first time. That was your first time seeing the movie at all. And I assume a lot of it you probably didn't know about because, I, uh, you know, things were filmed at different times to get so many people into the movie. Well, yeah, and none of us got the full script, which I think is a fine way to do it. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. Um, you know, we just basically got our sides or our uh, pages that we had to deal with. But we didn't um, know the whole story. And that's actually a pretty good idea, I think, as a director to probably do that, because that way nobody knows the full story and no one can give away the whole story before you uh, Mm -hmm. have your theatrical release, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And just as as your character, you only need to know uh, your story arc of your own character. So uh, even to act in it, you don't necessarily need to know the rest of the movie. You know, some directors give you the full script. and you don't even need to really read the full script, but some directors give it to you. And some of them just give you what we call in the industry, your sides and your sides are just the pages that your character appears on. And a lot of films that I've been in, that's all I ever received. So when I go to the premiere, I am just as surprised as everyone else to see what the movie looks like and what the full storyline is. And there's nothing wrong with doing that, as I said, because then you know that no one is going to accidentally give things away on social media before you release the film, which is why I think directors do that, you know? Yeah, definitely. So at that screening, at that screening, what is it like to watch a movie you're in with an audience? It's a lot of fun. It's a lot more fun than watching it at home by myself. I don't watch too many of my films at home by myself. (laughs) um, That would be kind of silly. It's fun to do it with the audience because it's like you get the energy of the audience and you get to see how they respond. And it's really it's almost like like being in a theatrical performance. Like it's nice to see what the energy is going to be like in Mm. different scenes, how they react to different scenes, what their opinion is, you know, the overall um, you know, energy of the film and how it affected everybody. And you don't know what that's going to be until you have a room full of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen a lot of my films on uh, screen and it's always like super duper, you know, exciting to see what everybody's reaction to them is. And everyone has a very different reaction. Like I know for one film, Adam Albrand's Hunters that I was in uh, with uh, Nick Quigley and um, gosh, who else was in that? And Ellie Church and some other people. I think some people actually got up and walked out the first few minutes because it was so shocking. I think somebody even had a panic attack during that movie. Wow. You know? So, you know, we didn't have that for Death House, which is fine, because I don't think that's they were going for giving people a panic (laughs) attack exactly. Um, You know, every director has a different uh, thing that they're going for and how they want to reach the audience and how they want to affect them. So Death House, I think everybody was just kind of blown away, like, wow, that's like no other horror movie I've ever seen before. And it had all of my favorite actors in it all together, you know, Mm -hmm. in one place. I don't think there's any horror movie 
that has such an amazing cast no. as uh, Death House. Yeah. So it's pretty. It's just the, I'll just say when you first see like the IMDb page, it's almost like you know before you actually see the uh, the trailer or anything. Like, well, this can't be a real movie. Look at look look at everyone that's in it. It's like everyone's a name. Oh yeah, everybody that has even a big part, a small part, whatever kind of part is some kind mm-hmm. of name. You had to be somebody in the horror scene to get into the movie any which way, you know. So I'm deeply yeah. honored honored to have the cameo that I have in Death House and to be teamed up with all these amazing people. Like I have to say, like a lot of them I grew up really admiring as a horror fan. And it's truly mm-hmm. an honor to be in movies like Death House and a lot of the other films that I've been in with so many amazing and talented people. There's almost like too many to even count that I've worked with, you know? And it's mm-hmm. just like each one I'm tremendously honored, you know? Yeah. Great people. Uh, who, it's like a big horror family, you know? Yeah. Now, who did you uh, get to work with um, for your scenes in Death House, if you're allowed to say? Uh, I can say, so um, for the day, uh, the time that I was on set, I was on set um, with D. Wallace, Barbara Crampton, and Kane Hodder. And I think there were a couple other people, but those are the ones I know the best. Um, there were a bunch of others, I think, too. But those are the ones I was um, interfacing with the most. I probably spoke to Kane the most on set because Kane and I have, you know, we have some rapport. We've been guests together at um, a number of conventions. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's a really great guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, even my yeah, first I've... convention, I think I was a guest at. Kane was there. That was in Mister Hush Weekend of Horror, years and years ago. And I remember Kane was there at that very first one. You know, and he came mm-hmm. over and he was like, "Genevieve Rossi, you're here too. Give me a hug." <laughs> you know, he's such a uh, warm and, and and wonderful dude. And everybody else, in fact, in Death House is just an amazing people too. Every you know, it's a solid cast. But everybody in the whole film is just such a spectacular human being, including mm-hmm. the producer, uh, Rick Finkelstein, and our director, Harrison Smith. And, of course, Gunnar Hansen is one of the original writers that worked with Harrison Smith on this. It's his mm-hmm. concept, his idea. So, And that he was a wonderful human being as well. So just all around, good energy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Kane is a great guy. I hosted a panel with him once. He hit me. Not hard or anything, but... And uh, really? and Gunner also yeah, <laughs> a friendly hit, and uh, and uh, Gunner Hansen also very friendly with me at, at conventions. Did you know him uh, well before the the movie at all? Well, I know he didn't I'm, work in the movie. Unfortunately, away, I didn't did get the chance to work with him, but I had met him at horror conventions um, as a little girl, as a little ghoul, um, and you know at Chiller Theater and some other convention, Monster Mania. I had attended when I was a child. Mm-hmm. So I, I saw, well. yeah, yeah, because I met a lot of these people actually when I was a little kid going to mm-hmm. these shows. I was always a weird little kid going to all these horror conventions and reading through my Fangora magazine and stuff and, and reading my Stephen King novels, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was me. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's got to be a, I mean, it's great anyway, but to, to grow up watching those things and then I get to work with Linnea Quigley and Barbara Crampton and Dee Wallace and uh, Camille Keaton later on. I mean, that's uh, that's going to be an amazing experience for you. Oh, absolutely. I've worked with Linnea on a few films already. What we, we and we were in The Sadist and Hunters. And I would and when I was at Scaricon, me, Linnea and Camille Keaton, we all had a panel together. I'm not sure why they put the three of us on a panel together, but that's what we ended up with. And that was kind of fun. 
And I've been at a couple conventions um, as a guest with Linnea, you know, fun. Yeah. You know, it's great working with everybody um, and meeting everybody. Yeah, you know? yeah definitely. Yeah. Every, and, uh, everybody's awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what was Harrison Smith like? Did you know him at all before the movie, before Death House? That's a good question. No, I had not met him until I met him on set. Um, he actually had a, a bit of a cameo in one of the, ce- in one of the scenes that I was in. Um, very cool dude. Very well organized. He definitely had a very clear vision of what he wanted to accomplish. Um, he's very creative, but he also has a really good business sense. And he very passionate person, Harrison Smith. And very good guy. Very good guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And also his producer, uh, Rick Finkelstein. I got to meet with him when I was working on the film. And I've talked to him on the phone. Great guy, too. You know, just, like, amazing. And and both of them very true to Gunnar Hansen's vision of what um, he wanted Death House to be. And definitely mm-hmm. honoring Gunnar Hansen's memory, you know, in every, uh, every day and every step that they took to make the film, you know? Yeah. So, actually, how did you get involved in uh, Death House? That's a good question. Um, well, it was kind of like a, a interesting time. This is, only, I guess, about a year and a half ago already. Um, it had been right after my mother uh, suddenly died, actually. Oh, and, sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah, thank you. And um, I was kind of in a funk, and uh, as one would be, you know, after something like that. And I had gotten a phone call from one of my friends. Um, she goes by the nickname uh, Scary Sherry. Uh, or Sherry uh, Fairchild, and she was talking to the casting director, and they were like, we need actors to come out to Philadelphia to shoot some scenes, and we're kind of having a hard time because they were going back and forth from Philadelphia to L.A., Philadelphia to L.A., and they were kind of in a gym, and we need some people. And they were like, you know, send them your resume, send them your information, and we'll see if we can use you. So then right away they got back to me, and they were like, Genevieve Rossi, definitely we have a part for you. Come on out. So that was really cool. And I got to be on set with uh, Scary Sherry Fairchild and her husband and a whole bunch of really cool people. Like I said, Dee Wallace, Barbara Cranton, Kane Hodder and stuff. So a lot of it's like just like acting a lot. A lot of it's like right place, right time. And also, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, you make friends with everybody in the horror scene and people that are friends with each other like to work together. We all have yeah. a ball. You know, we all have a great time. We got to actually shoot that day at this beautiful um, old cemetery. It's a historic cemetery out near Philadelphia. And we took some amazing pictures that day. It was a really spooky place. I think it was supposed to be haunted. Uh, Rick Finkelstein said that, in fact, I think one of the wardens had been murdered at the prison. And a lot of people believed he still haunted the prison. So it was really the perfect location to shoot a horror movie, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's how it happened. It was just like they needed somebody to come out to Philadelphia. They were looking for horror actors. I was told <laughs> to submit. They picked me and mm-hmm. a bunch of other people. We all went out there and we did it, you know? And acting yeah. is uh, like that. It was kind of like a little spur of the moment, you know? And then mm-hmm. we did it. And, you know, yeah. sometimes oh. that happens with acting. You're like, I started a week. I don't know how my week is going to end. You could get a phone call that could change your life. You don't know. <laughs> right. So I want to ask you actually about shooting in a cemetery because I do know that um, they do tarot card readings and things like that. So um, does that have like an atmosphere? Is there something you feel when you're uh, when you're actually in the cemetery? Well, that's a good question. You know, um, you know, a lot of people are going to argue that you don't really feel a lot in a cemetery because that's where dead people are buried. It's not where they, they lived. 
Mm -hmm. You'll probably feel more of a presence um, from where people have actually lived. Like if you go mm -hmm. to a house where someone spent like 50 years of their life, they're going to leave an imprint spiritually in that place. If you go um, to maybe somewhere where they spent their childhood or maybe their favorite place, that might resonate more than the cemetery will because that's just the resting place of their body. It's not necessarily the resting place of their soul or their mm -hmm. spirit, you know? Um, they didn't really feel a connection to the cemetery. So I've gone to on a bunch of cemetery tours all over the country, if not even almost the world, you know, when I travel. And the cemetery tours are really nice to see sometimes the architecture, um, the history of some of the people that inhabit the cemetery, um, you know, and things like that. But um, it's hard to um, – it's hard to uh, really – to me, I don't think I've ever seen like a ghost or felt a spiritual presence really in a cemetery so much, mm -hmm. except for maybe in Salem. You know, have you ever been to Salem, Massachusetts? Yeah, I'm actually in Massachusetts. Oh, very cool. So, I, I just went to Salem yeah. not too long ago to, uh, for the second time to shoot B Documentary, um, which was a really cool thing um, that I'm, I'm involved in. Um, and Is that with Matt Fisher? Excuse me? Is that with Matt Fisher? Matt Fisher, his name is Nick that actually is working on oh, that one. Okay. All I right. think he said he was going to be on your show soon, though, Nick. Nick okay. Charles, I believe. And he, yeah. uh, yep, Nick Charles. And he, from Dungeon Films, and then we did a B documentary, and we spent a little bit of time out in Salem. I had been to Salem previously. We went on these wonderful tours. And, you know, there's so much of a history at Salem of all the crazy things that people are being tortured and put to death. Right. That I think the whole town kind of resonates with something you know yeah actually on halloween two years ago uh my friend annabelle and i went on one of those tours it was a walking tour of salem and it uh it walked through the, through the graveyard and one thing that was really weird the weirdest part i thought was um uh there's a place where it's all these tombstones together and like uh so there's no there's no room between they're just all stuck together in like a big circle i mean in mm -hmm. a square and uh they explained that uh, the bodies are actually buried underneath the um, uh, the pavement for the parking lot. And so they left all the bodies there and they moved all the tombstones to just this little square. So there's nothing underneath and under them. And it was uh, that was just seemed odd to me. It, uh, um, I know you said there's like not, not necessarily any kind of uh, spirits in the graveyard because that's not you know where they live. But uh, just that idea that they're. Their markings have been moved. Uh, it seems uh, peculiar to me. Oh, well, that could have something too. Like their bodies aren't fully at rest, you know. Because yeah. usually, you know, you put people to, you know, especially as somebody that comes from a Catholic upbringing, you know, we're really big as Catholics on like burial and putting somebody in their final destination. Like that's mm -hmm. we put a lot of importance in that, you know. So some mm -hmm. people might believe that if that person's uh, body is dug up or moved, that that might have like some kind of effect on them, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, oddly enough, it's a, it's a uh, real quick story. Take me like a minute to tell sure. you, but, um, I'm very skeptical about all these things. And, mm -hmm. uh, my friend Annabelle, um, we, we got a, a Ouija board. And, uh, so I was up to use, I've never used one before. And we did it in a local cemetery by me in, in Sagamore on, on Cape Cod. And, uh, what was interesting to me is we actually, it's, it, it moved, it was answering questions but all of it was very mundane. It was because I would think if you even uh, subconsciously were going to move it without even like trying to, you would 
it would be like something, you know, fantastical, like, you know, they were right there with you, but it was like very basic stuff about like, uh, they had like if three kids and, uh, they were like uh, a teacher, just real basic stuff. Um, but a- after we, uh, left there, I-, I knew that that cemetery is always considered haunted, but I never knew why. So I looked it up and it was when they built the Cape Cod canal, um, all the, all the, uh, they moved the, the, the bodies and stuff, but they put the tombstones in the wrong places. Uh, because uh, some of them got washed up. And uh, I actually know the caretaker there, and he said that the um, the tombstones, because he never believed ghosts before this, one night, like, until the next morning, tombstones would be moved, like, across the, the graveyard. And what was also strange, because we were talking, and when we asked it, like, where you are or whatever, it just would hover around uh, the uh, the board. And this was before I knew all this stuff about the, the bodies being moved. And so then after... I read that. I was like, well, it's kind of, it's just weird. You know, the, the, you kind of put it together that it was just kind of hovering around when you're asking where you were before it was like pinpointing answers. And then to, to know that was uh, the backstory of that particular cemetery was, uh, this is really interesting to think about. Yeah, it is pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and cemeteries are also really great historical places too. Like I love to go to, um, cemeteries when I travel, like when I've been to Atlanta, I went to a great cemetery where I think the guy that wrote Gone with the Wind was buried. Um, I think mm-hmm. I've, uh, been to like, geez, I've been to, uh, you know, Salem, New Orleans cemeteries where, um, Marie Laveau, uh, the voodoo mm-hmm. queen was buried. I visited her grave. Um, and that was like really like an amazing experience. And I've also been to Lafayette cemetery in New Orleans where they filmed all these great movies. You know, I've been to ones in Charleston, Hilton head, um, Savannah, you know, I've been to, uh, cemeteries all over the place, you know, London, um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Sicily, Rome. Mm -hmm. I went to the catacombs when I was in Rome, actually where they get people underground. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you go underground and see. Oh, that's that's a wonderful experience. You don't realize it, but there's actually a lot of catacombs in Rome. I think I had like ten different places to choose from, and mm-hmm. I went to one because that's how they used to bury people back in that time period is underground. And some of them were Catholic, and I think they even had some Jewish catacombs that people don't realize too. And um, you know, I checked that out, and that was like a really amazing experience too. You know, the, the burial practices. And then one day I should go to Egypt and see the Great Pyramids. You know, and see like how they used to bury, you know, mm-hmm. or inter uh, uh, pharaohs. That would be kind of an interesting kind of thing too. You know? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Now, yeah, that's on my bucket which, uh, list, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, were you um, into the spiritual side, and um, I don't know how, how, how what the term used. Uh, before you uh, got into acting, or is it something that that came after? Well, I was always, um, I guess they both developed simultaneously because I was always into horror movies ever since I was a little kid, really. And I was always into uh, psychic phenomena and the paranormal since I was a little kid. Again, I was a weird little kid, maybe. Who knows, you know? I guess my parents kind of thought so. But uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But my my mother always had a lot of premonitions, you know, I believe she saw her own uh, passing, her own death before it happened, and was very much at peace with it. She's also a very spiritual woman. The people on my mother's side of the family especially tend to be very psychic people, but also very spiritual and very religious-minded. My grandmother, my uncle, my mother, my great-grandmother. So really really like a family of these very spiritualistic, psychic types of people. And um, so I had always been very much having premonitions and feelings and things that happen. 
and then those things coming true, even to the point that friends of mine um, find it a little eerie that I say things and then they happen or I have a feeling about something and it may happen later. You know, so you got to trust your intuition. What can I say? I believe, though, everybody has some psychic potential or psychic energy. It's just some of us uh-huh. are better at tapping into it than others. But I think we all have that ability. We just have to find it within ourselves. That's my opinion. You know, that's what I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we only use a small percentage of our brain. <laughs> if we used more of our brain, we probably would be able to do some pretty amazing things. And maybe some of us are tapping into some regions of our brain that other people are not tapping into, you know? So yeah. there you, that's what I believe psychic phenomenon, um, telekinesis, telepathy, and everything like that, clairvoyance is all something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm a professional tarot card reader. I do palm readings. I do bone reading. I do tea leaf reading. I read runes. And I do this professionally in addition to acting, um, where I travel all over the country um, reading at different events, usually private events. So people Mm -hmm. can book me through my website for that, as well as me as an actor. I'm at www.genovivarossi.com. And you can contact me through that. And then, interestingly enough, both of these things merge together because I so often do play these interesting roles where I'm like a witch, I'm a sorceress, I'm a Satanist, Mm -hmm. I'm a gypsy fortune teller, you know, things along those lines. I'm this witchy kind of supernatural occult character, which is really cool. And because they figure, you know, you're going to get a very realistic performance for someone that really lives this kind of life and is this kind of person. So they both kind of merge together a little bit, my horror life and my uh, my psychic reader life. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, a real quick question about uh, tarot cards, because um, mm-hmm. uh, like as I mentioned earlier, my friend Annabelle uh, and I were doing some of the Ouija board stuff. And uh, so I bought a, a, tech, a deck of tarot cards uh, for, from uh, from like a flea market yard sale. And she would not use them because she said you should never use used ones because they can have uh i don't know demons or something is there anything to that never to use uh someone else's tarot cards that have that have been used that's a good question you know you know what i buy um i collect tarot card decks and i have some vintage decks and they're very rare and i had to have bought them used because they're out of print and i do use them professionally but i think what you have to do is when you have a deck of cards you have to make them your own and you have to carry them around with you for a while and you have to sleep with them under your pillow and you have to let them become really like a part of you, you know, mm. and maybe you don't want to use them professionally until you've really done that. You know, mm. maybe you don't want to just bring them home from someone else. And it's, pro- it's also quite possible that energetically they're always going to have that part of that person. And that might even be true when we buy secondhand clothing or jewelry from people mm-hmm. that have gone. Maybe they, all have that person's energy attached to them. And is that necessarily even a bad thing, you know? Right, right. Yeah, but energy opinion, doesn't you know, have to be negative or positive. Right. I buy, like, a lot of vintage clothes, actually, from, like, the 60s and 70s. I wasn't mm-hmm. alive then, but that t- those time periods really kind of resonate for me somehow. Maybe, like, mm-hmm. a past life I had. And, you know, if there's energy from someone that lived in that time period attached to the clothing maybe someone died and that that's why i got donated to the thrift store or the vintage store i went shopping at i don't think mm-hmm. i have a problem with that you know people are people you know <laughs> sure sure right i totally agree and uh, uh we'll, we'll go back to movies for people uh, i find that very interesting though even even if i don't uh, necessarily believe it or skeptical i find it very interesting to talk about is um 
And if I say skeptical, that doesn't mean I don't believe it either. It's skeptic, skeptic about it. But um, uh, talking about uh, working with people that uh, that you grew up watching and stuff, what was it like <coughs> to be in uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis's Blood Mania? Oh, well, that was an amazing experience. And I feel really blessed to have worked with Herschel before he passed, you know. Um, I was actually, you know, I, um, planning to be in more of Herschel's films. You know, Herschel never really planned on dying, I guess. God bless him. You yeah. know, he wanted to make, uh, like, I think four or five more movies. And Blood yeah. Mania was the first of that. And I would have popped up in the other movies, too, because I love Herschel. And why wouldn't I? You know, he had asked oh, me yeah. if He's I was interested. Yeah, yeah, he was asking uh, me if I was interested in being some more films. And I said, definitely keep me in mind. But unfortunately, you know, I think his heart had given out at a certain point. But thank mm-hmm. God he lived a full life doing what he loved with a wonderful wife and family and with all of these wonderful fans. And he has such a legacy. So it was amazing working with him and the producer, James Sato, on that mm-hmm. and um, going out to Calgary, Canada and shooting that. And it was just um, it was cold. It was icy. Um, we shot my uh, cameo and everything. It was amazing working with everybody. I'm honored to be a part of the film. It's a beautiful film. I think it really uh, pays uh, honor to Herschel Gordon Lewis's legacy. You know, this man um, has films that have been on the Turner Classic Network. You know, um, mm-hmm. he is one of the biggest names in horror. Probably one of the most legendary directors of the genre. I think. You know. Oh yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. fantastic. So he, I'm truly honored to be in the film and to and to be involved in it. And I'm and very um, thankful that I had that opportunity, you know, yeah. especially before yeah. he, he passed, because it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. believe it or yeah, not, we, I, believe it or not, Herschel had said to me, we have a small part for you. I don't know if it's worth your time to come out. We can wait until the next movie and, and I'll give you a bigger part. But I said to myself, you know what? I'll come out for the small part and I'll come out for the bigger part, too. And yeah. I knew in the back of my mind, you know, I don't know. I don't want to pass up an opportunity. The man was 85 years old. You don't know if sure. he's even going to decide to make more movies. So I'm like, you know, you got to take opportunities when they present themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a once-in-a-lifetime uh, opportunity. We we had him and James uh, Sato on when, um, when they were making Blood Mania. And uh, it's just, you know, great to have... Uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis on the show anyway, and you know ended up being uh, you know not too long before he passed away. But I always remember uh, we did with Skype, and uh, he didn't know we weren't uh, filming the odd the uh, the video, so he was on video, and he was uh, like you know all decked out in a suit, and and then when he found out it wasn't on video, he's like, does it is it okay if I get comfortable? I was like, yeah, of course. And so he reached up and like loosened his tie like an eighth of an inch. And I always just found that very, it was very funny to me because that was his idea of getting comfortable was like just loosen the tie, like just like barely. Well, he was an old fashioned gentlemanly kind of guy, oh, yeah. you know, he a didn't great, like great swearing, voice. you know, he didn't <laughs> like people cursing around him. And, you know, and I'll say he had a huge amount of respect for women and for his wife as well. Mm-hmm. You know, very gentlemanly guy, you know? Yeah. Very definitely. nice. Good, good yeah. guy. And a great voice. Uh, some of the best commentary tracks or anything with Herschel Gordon Lewis because uh, his voice is amazing. That's true. He should have done more with his voice if you think about it, like books on tape and stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right? That would have been uh, awesome, like Herschel Gordon Lewis book on tape, you know? I, <laughs> like, listen I, I would that. listen. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely listen. Uh, uh, yeah, 100%. And so I have to ask about a uh, former guest on the show, a friend of mine, James Balsamo, and uh, I know you've worked with him many times and you have the lich coming out 
how did that all, how did the relationship with you and James uh, begin? Oh my goodness. That's a good question. It's a long story. Anyway, I'm going to make it short though. So basically what it was is that I met James in the set of my first horror movie that I had acted in Jacko slasher, where we had a scene in a cornfield that got a little romantic. And then I remember, um, so anybody can watch Jacko slasher and see James, Bilsam and I act together and working together for the very first time that was directed by Jennifer Valdez and then soon after that, we shot I Spill Your Guts, which was maybe like my third horror movie I ever did. And my first time working under James Balsamo, who directed. And James Bal- that's probably one of my most popular James Balsamo films. And then we got working together on, I think, Cool as Hell, Catch the Day, Bite School, oh, so many movies. And then, oh, my God, what is it? Killer Waves, The Lich, <laughs> and then Cool as Hell 2. Uh, forgive me, James, if I left out any of the movies that we worked on together that were yours. <laughs> because there's so many of them, and sometimes I have a hard time keeping track. But The Lich is what we're really looking forward to now. I think James yeah. just gets better and better and bigger and bigger in his films and his scope. And Killer Waves, I thought, was really fantastic. Uh, I had a lot mm-hmm. of fun. And then The Lich, you know, um, is a really great one that has uh, Tom Sizemore in it, which is really amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the girls that was one of the voices from the Powerpuff Girls is in there, too. Oh, really? That's yeah, cool. I think so. And I used to watch that a, a few yeah. years ago, you know, at home. That's a kind of a fun little – it's a cute little show. Yeah. Real yeah. power, you know? And uh-huh. um, Dave Stein um, plays um, The Lich in that. Deborah Lamb is in that, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome. I like Deborah Lamb a lot. She's really sweet. My friend Robert yeah. Aronson is in that uh, with Tom Sizemore, Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd Kaufman and I are in a lot of films together, actually. I love Lloyd. He's an awesome dude. Mm-hmm. Always fun to work with him on a film. Yeah, so that looks like a really ambitious and awesome film. I can't wait until it comes out. He's already got the T-shirts. He's already got the posters, I think, and everything. He's also got a lot yeah. of – he's a, a the Lich Ouija board you could buy. Speaking of Ouija I, boards. Yeah, I think she saw it last night. I thought, wow, that, the, the Lich board, which I thought was uh, – was was very uh, cute, you know. That's the a great collector's item, actually. Yeah. He's great at marketing, James. Oh, James definitely. is great. He helps design the concepts for his lot of t-shirts, and then he has the artist render them. He mm-hmm. does joke books that he writes. Um, he comes up with a lot of these things. He does a lot of his own special effects. Uh, James Balsamo is really like a master of many trades when it comes to filmmaking. You know, he's yeah. a cool dude. And, cool and dude. The, the, the Lich logo, I love. And uh, growing up playing D anD D as a kid, uh, the Lich is a, is a, is a uh, is a monster from Dungeons and Dragons. So as soon as I heard the uh, the name, I was like, oh wow! I never thought I'd see a Lich movie. But the, yeah, the, the logo's great. And I saw the the shirt recently by Tom Cotton, and it's just a really great design. Yeah. You'll probably have those next week in uh, at Mad Monster. Oh yeah, I, he might be at Mad Monster. I'm not sure. You'll have to ask him. Is he going to yeah, be he is. Oh, he's going to yeah. be there. Yeah, yeah. I went with him, I think, last year to Mad Monster, where I was helping him uh, promote his films. And also Toxic Tutu, which is uh-huh. a film directed by uh, Joe Nordelli, which is kind of like a spinoff of the Toxic Avenger, speaking of trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Lloyd's also in that movie. And I actually won, I think, Best Supporting Actress at the Fantastic Film Festival in San Diego for Toxic Tutu. And Lloyd Kaufman won Best Actor for Toxic Tutu. Oh, very cool. 
Is that cool? So Lloyd and I both uh-huh. got awards for our acting for Toxic Tutu. And that uh-huh. was a really cool film. And, if, and its first screening, I think, was at Mad Monster Party last year, where they wanted to see how it would go over. And it did really well. Everybody seemed to really love it. You know, um, yeah. it's a great, like, kind of like fan kind of movie that totally pays mm-hmm. homage to the Toxic Avenger. I had a lot of t- fun working on that with everybody. Great, great cast on that, too. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I, I think uh, it had a history with Mad Monster because I think, like, it all came about at the first. Um, uh, who who is the who, uh, he's the guy who plays uh, the Toxic Avenger before he comes the Toxic Avenger? Uh, for, oh, man. M- Mark uh, Torgo? Mark Torgo. Mark Torgo. He's great. But uh, that was his first ever convention was like uh, three years ago, I think, uh, three or four years ago at Mad Monster. And that's where uh, the whole idea came about to do the, the Toxic Tutu. And I think they even filmed part of it at, yeah. at Mad Monster Party. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why I think they wanted to screen it for the first time there, which was pretty awesome. So we had a lot of fun. Me, James Balsamo, Joe Nardelli. I got to hang out with Jason Vale a little bit. He pops up in Toxic Tutu. And I also work with Jason Vale on Hunters, the Adam Albrecht film. And I'm also going to be in uh, Betrayer with Jason Vale. Um, that's also directed by Adam Albrecht. We just filmed that actually mm-hmm. recently. So I oh, had a lot cool. of fun. Yeah, you know, I keep pretty busy with all these films. I don't post everything I do online sometimes because I just feel like I would overwhelm everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I only post certain things here and there because it's like I do so many photo shoots and tarot card reading events and film shoots and interviews and stuff. It just like I I feel like it almost gets a little narcissistic to post it all. So I try to be Uh, you know, I try to post things when (laughs) something big is happening, you know, rather than posting every little thing. If that makes I got sense. you. I got you. No, yeah. I got you. Well, hopefully, hopefully, you post this interview after it's over. Oh yeah, it's all over my Facebook right now. <laughs> I know. I know. I'll, for sure. I just. It's, I'm just it's all over it. there now, and it has been all week and stuff. And then, yeah. but, you know, I, I don't. I try not to post like every little thing I I do necessarily. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I you know, because I do so many different things, it would just be tough. It'd be like, I, I did you know, three photo shoots this week, three interviews this week, right, right. then I did this, then I did that, you know, and this is what I ate for lunch, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I try to kind of be a little more selective in, in what I post. Uh, yeah, you know, right. I don't want to overwhelm everybody with everything. But um, I'm really excited. And then I have a, let's see, what else do I have that's coming out I, I want to talk about? Um, you know, Safe Place, I'll be shooting in Orlando, Florida soon. Uh, that's directed by Nick Hunt. Um, Bill mm-hmm. Obers Jr. is in that with me. Uh, so is Gregory oh, wow. Blair, who are both in Death House. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking yeah, for a safe definitely. place. I play like mm-hmm. a mother of a little girl in that one. And I think I'm married to a serial killer. God, I should have had a You know? Um, wow. At least my dating life is better than that. <laughs> my, you know, my marriage is as far as you know as far as you know right it's true you know what i'm saying it's always who you least suspect you know so maybe uh maybe my husband really is a serial killer i just don't know it but uh let's see and then um some other really cool things oh um death at a barbecue directed by larry rosen just got distribution is available on amazon.com it's an anthology i'm in a short film that's part of that anthology called abducted I actually won an acting award at L.A. Film Shorts Awards for that one, which wasn't even a horror festival. So I was kind of honored to get an award at a non-horror film festival. Go me. Yay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. (laughs) What do you do do with the awards? you have a certain Uh, place for them? I hang them in the foyer of my uh, home 
so that when everybody walks in, they have to walk past them. <laughs> I like I I like that. I like that. I told my manager Matt Chase and that's what I was gonna do with them because I got um I think four awards actually at um the Fantastic Film Festival in San Diego on um, my mm-hmm. short film that I directed, wrote, produced and starred in with an amazing cast, actually got best short film, best comedy, I got best actress. Uh, my my actress that worked on the film, Pamela Martin, got Best Supporting Actress for that. And then at the same film festival, I got Best Supporting Actress for um, Toxic Tutu. And then uh, my film, Attack of the Killer Chickens, um, right before that, won at Hollywood Dreams Film Festival. It won Best Spoof, which is pretty cool. Nice. Uh-huh. That, was that, our film festival. that name rolls. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Attack of the Killer Chickens, which we're working on turning into a feature right now, because it actually, I think, won six awards at film festivals, which I think is not too bad considering it was the first time I ever directed anything or wrote, you know, a screenplay. So um, we've decided to make it into a feature film. So we're working on that, too. So I'm pretty busy, actually. I'm, I'm writing, I'm directing, I'm putting everything together and making this um, amazing Attack of the Killer Chickens film um, starring me and, um, and um, cult film star Edward X. Young. And we're going to mm-hmm. have a whole bunch of other people involved in the film, too. I don't want to give away who, but it's going to be pretty amazing and exciting film. Um, everybody needs to look cool. for it. Yeah. Then- will, will that be your first time directing? My, my, the short film was my first time um, directing, yeah. I've written in the past, but that was my first time writing a screenplay. I've written uh, journalistic articles, like I write for the Digital Dead and UKHorrorScene.com. Um, so I am like a professional writer, but that was my first attempt at writing a screenplay, was Attack of the Killer Chickens. So, mm-hmm. And it seemed like it got pretty well received. It was also my first time writing a comedy, because it's kind of like a horror comedy. You know, so that was a little different for me. I had written like more serious things before that. But, uh, you know, I like comedy. You know, I like horror comedies, too. I like I like dramatic horror, but I also love horror comedies. Like I love James Balsamo's films. I love the trauma films. But at the same time, I love like the old classic Vincent Price films or like Roger Corman and stuff and Hammer films, too, that are kind mm-hmm. of a bit more serious. You know, I, no, I, I agree. It depends what kind of mood you're in. Exactly. I like, and, and me as an actress, I like to be in these horror comedies, but I also like being in like psychological horror films. And I've also been in some sci-fi movies, actually. Like I'm in a movie called Apocalypse Kiss that has Michael Berryman and DC Douglas, um, Tom Atkins and Lloyd Kaufman. And that's actually kind of a sci-fi movie. So I do do mm-hmm. things outside of the horror genre. Um, people don't realize it. Sometimes I do do sci-fi. Sometimes I do do some drama. Sometimes I do up some straight up comedy. I do some improv. Um, and things mm-hmm. like that, but horror I'm the most well known for. I also do some theater as well. Yeah. Oh, very cool. So yeah. you know, a few times you mentioned uh, uh, growing up a weird kid and and loving all these different movies. What were some of your favorite movies uh, growing up that that made you love horror movies? That made me the weirdo person that I am now. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Well, some of the films I watched as a little girl, I watched a lot of them with my mother and also my father. Um, my father got me really into the Universal Studio movie monsters. He was a big fan of Abbott and Costello, in fact, maybe because mm-hmm. we're Italian-American and we got to love uh, Lou <laughs> Costello. But um, so he got me into like Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff and Lon Chaney Jr. And then from there, we got into the Vincent Price movies, the Roger Corman ones especially, because my father loved Vincent Price so much and loved those kinds of movies. 
My mom is attributed more for getting me into more modern horror films like The Exorcist and Amityville Horror and, you know, films more like that. And then my mom was always a big fan of Elvira and um, liked to watch Elvira, Mistress of the Dark and things like that, too. She always thought Elvira was a real hoot, you know. So that, like, yeah, well, you know, she's a fun, um, very PG, family friendly kind of horror character, you know. And yeah. my mom liked that about her. Um, and then, you know, and so we watched all these different kinds of things as a kid and they kind of cemented something in my mind. So here I was like at fourth grade and I'm reading the stand and I'm reading it for Stephen King, like the hardcover versions, like maybe 1500 mm-hmm. pages. And I'm yeah. great. I read Frankenstein for the first time, I think when I was in fourth grade, the oh, original, nice. you know, and mm-hmm. I got more and more into horror. I started writing my own little horror stories and my little notepad when I was a kid I was reading uh, Fangora magazine when I was like a little kid, you know, because that's a magazine that had been around for a very long time. I was sorry to see it go. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know how many years Fangora was around for, like. Yeah, yeah that'd be a long time. Yeah, because it was around since I was a kid. Uh, it's weird to think that, that it, you know, that it did go away. The being around so bring long. It back. I hope it comes back. We'll all say a little prayer. Let's send good vibes out because it was just such an institution, you know. Fangoro mm-hmm. was something that we all read when we were kids, and it was like it really had, I think, such a huge influence on the horror genre, you know? Oh, um, definitely. Right? Oh, well, yeah. Grew up reading about all your favorite people. I'm honored to have been mentioned a little bit in Fangoro before, uh, you know, for some of the projects I've worked on. And I've been mentioned Horror Hound, which is another nice magazine, and um, I think mm-hmm. Diabolique and some other ones. You know, there's so many great horror magazines out there. I wish them all well. Because I really mm-hmm. just think they're fantastic. There's something about having a magazine in your hand and being able to take it to a convention yeah. and getting autographed by your favorite actors. I think mm-hmm. for the horror genre, the print magazine should never go out of style, you know? Because we want to get that stuff fine. The same thing with the DVDs. Like Some people are switching to online media. But you know, mm-hmm. when you buy a DVD as a horror fan, you can go to a convention and you get all your favorite actors to sign it. And now mm-hmm. it becomes like a one million collectible. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have like the whole cast on your favorite movie on DVD. You can't do that on a digital format. Exactly. Right. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here with the with stacks of DVDs right next to me. So, yeah, exactly. It, there's I mean, it's cool to watch uh, something streaming or anything, something. But it's, it's not the same as having the DVD plus uh, or the Blu-ray. Plus, there's all the extras that, that are on it that you can't, you know, you're not going to watch that on, on uh, online or listen to the commentary tracks. And uh, to me, there's so much going on with the, the, the just having it is, is much totally different than just the. Uh, it's a whole experience. Like, I remember when I had met um, George Romero, um, some people I knew what Night of the Living Dead on DVD to get signed by all the living cast members of Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like epic. You know, you can't oh, yeah. do that without, unless you have the DVD, you know, or, or the VHS or something of the movie. You know, you have to have that in order to have something like that. And then, like, how many people in the world have all the cast members from Night of the Living Dead on a VHS yeah. or a DVD? You know, it becomes like a pretty exciting thing to have in your collection. So I don't think that ever really goes in the posters and everything. I don't think that any of that ever really goes out of style, you know, all those collectibles, in my opinion. At least in the horror mm-hmm. genre, I think there's always a place for that. And the same thing with yeah. the magazines. You know, you can have, um, you know, you get somebody like, you know, Pinhead is on the cover. You go and have everybody from Hellraiser sign it. 
you know, that's right. like pretty, that's pretty exciting, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, do you, do you have a collection of anything of anything, uh, either before you got into movies or, or since you've been doing them, uh, from the movies? Have I ever what? Uh, do you have a collection of anything, either like stuff oh. that you collected before you got into films or after you started doing the movies, do you ever save anything from any of the movies? I collect um, all of my ex-boyfriends. I keep them in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. I wasn't supposed to mention that. Sorry. Right. Sorry, sorry. Forget that. Forget that. I don't collect them. Uh, <laughs> but I do have a teddy bear collection. And I have a funny story about that because um, they're like kind of like horror teddy bears. <clears throat> like I have like the teddy scares and I have some teddy bears that are covered in blood. I was at the beach this summer with a guy who was uh, my boyfriend. And he was in the water and he's swimming around. And um, this guy comes up to me and he's like, hey, my name is my name is Teddy. He's like, that's not, you know, he's like, here's my phone number. He's like, maybe when your boyfriend's not around, you know, we can hang out. And I was like, you know, I have a collection of teddy bears. And he's like, really? And he's like, are they in your bedroom? I'm like, yeah, but they're all stuffed. So the only way you're going to get in my bedroom is if I stuff you first. <laughs> he still seemed like he was game, so I killed him and I stuffed him. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a pretty good horror movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then you could take him around and have him autographed. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then I only stuff people named Teddy that annoy me. But <laughs> that guy's listening. But yeah, I do have a teddy bear collection that are all stuff that I love, and um, I collect horror movie stuff to a certain degree. Um, what, what do I collect? I also collect a lot of stuff that I guess relates to magic, like voodoo and witchcraft. I actually am mm -hmm. looking across my apartment, my home, and I have an altar with all of these Catholic saints and and, um, and, and like voodoo uh, saints and spirits and mm -hmm. like Buddhas and all these other things. So I guess like I'm into a very spiritual form of Catholicism, and I would say that I, I, I collect a lot of things relating to that like religious objects, you know? Mm -hmm. So I have a collection yeah. of that that's quite extensive because I am I do consider myself to be kind of a spiritual person and mm -hmm. in maybe a weird way, but, you know, hey. And um, I hope to collect awards. So I only have, uh, <laughs> like, I have six now, but I want to get more. <laughs> so it's a small collection now, six. But that's pretty up. good. That's not too bad, I guess. Can you yeah, collect so. if you only have six or <laughs> something? <laughs> At what point does it become a collection? That's a good. That's that's a that's a good question because, I mean, you could have even three of something, and it still could be your collection. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll find I guess out. It's the a collection of ex boyfriends in my basement. Then no, <laughs> I mean not. I uh, know I don't have those there. But <laughs> people under the stairs. Right. Oh my god! Yeah, that was a great movie. I got to work yeah. with actually um, one of the actors from People in the Stands recently. Uh, which was really cool. Oh, that he was a uh, oh, stairmaster. Yes, I worked with him <clears throat> recently. And uh, oh my God, what is his name? Why am I forgetting him? Is it Ian Birch? Yes, it's Ian Birch. Yeah. Exactly, Ian Birch. We worked together on Mr. Blue Shirt, and he's also in Death House. Hmm. Oh my God, everybody's in Death House. Ian yeah, Birch, yeah. And I, both in Death House, we're all in. Uh, we're both in Mr. Blue Shirt. He was great mm -hmm. to work with. Nice, nice, nice guy. Really awesome. Uh, and I yeah. love that movie, People Under the Stairs. Me I had too. watched that when I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think my mom let me watch it. I probably watched it with her. And she was like, you know, because we used to watch a lot of, like, old movies. I think that might have been from, like, the 80s or 90s. 
And we used to watch a lot of old movies together, you know, from like the 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way up to like kind of present time, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, My mom was a big fan of the horror movies, but I think The Exorcist was always her favorite. Mm -hmm. That's so classic. There's nothing like, you know, spitting your head around and all vomit like that and saying Uh things like, fuck me, fuck me, Jesus, while you stab (laughs) yourself across. You just don't see that in a movie every day they did some pretty <laughs> shocking things in that movie oh still, i know yeah it's still, <laughs> it's shocking. still shocking it's still yeah i don't i don't think any exorcist film has uh, surpassed it i don't think any any can uh, uh, there's been some good ones but I, I, that one still is is up there and still like ta- a lot of taboo stuff that uh i think would even be harder to do today than, than it was then oh you my know, god I get away with how much it. they got away with in that time period yeah. It's like a timeless movie because I think it still really, really holds up today as such a well put together film and with such yeah. an amazing storyline. You know, certain horror movies are just timeless. Like, I love The Exorcist. I think that's a really timeless film, especially growing up as a Catholic. I think that one really resonates. The Omen, another great movie that makes me proud to be Catholic. And also Amityville Horror. You know, if those uh-huh. are the only three movies you ever see to get an idea about the Catholic <laughs> Church, you'll get a pretty good idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have a pretty interesting perception of things. And, you know, and then uh-huh. you can watch his Vinci Code too. Again, another weird, wacky mm. idea. On that one. Uh, that's not a uh-huh. horror movie, but it's a wacky movie no, but too. It's a, yeah, yeah. It's so a pretty- I actually have a question. Sure. Oh yeah, that's gonna be my actually. Uh, by the way, I didn't want to mention that's how I grew up watching movies, uh, horror movies. Was with my mom as well. Uh, yeah. She's a big horror movie fan and. Uh, single brother, uh, single mom. Uh, so, uh, uh, like, and my brother's nine years older. So when we, she would take him to the drive-in to see movies instead of getting a a babysitter, she would bring me along, even though I was very young, five or something. And, uh, and that's how I always watch horror movies. And I still love them mm-hmm. today. But um, uh, this is from uh, James Balsamo. He wants to know: uh, Do you have memories of filming Cool as Hell and someone calling the police? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good memory from Cool as Hell. Yes, yes. We filmed this great scene where I um, had to, I was running like through a parking lot and into the woods, um, and James was following me with camera, and he told me to run. I think I ran a little too fast, though, and he's chasing (laughs) after me, which actually ended up looking really good because it really came across as being really frantic. And then I'm screaming, and I'm getting killed by a demon, right? And I'm laying in the grass, dead and covered in blood. And then um, some cop cars end up showing up. I believe two cop cars came because someone had heard me running and screaming and thought that a crime was being committed. And they were very concerned. So they sent the two cop cars who weren't really too annoying. Um, They just wanted to make sure that nothing, no real crime was actually happening. You know, because it just seemed Mm -hmm. that real. And that's like the thing as an actor is that when you're doing a role – you do want it to feel real. You do want it to feel real for you and that you're really embracing the real emotions that you would be feeling if you were running through the woods from like a creature or from a person and you were being, you know, killed. You have to really kind of embrace those negative things. And sometimes um, your performance can, I guess, can seem very realistic. So I remember James Bolsonaro had said at the time, the fact that these two police cars came and thought something was really happening as a testimony to your acting and how uh, realistic your screaming and your running was, you know? Uh-huh, and that was right. Cool as hell, the first one. And we just recently shot in L.A. my cameo 
for Cool as Hell 2, where I play like a different character. So he's mm-hmm. revisiting Cool as Hell, which is a really cool movie. It almost reminded me a little bit of Beetlejuice. It's about a guy that's having a hard time with his dating life. And a mm-hmm. demon, a friendly demon, kind of pops up and starts helping him along. And he's fighting demons and zombies and all this crazy stuff. And James is actually like the lead. Um, in that film. I think that's like a really great film for him um, acting-wise. I think he was hilarious and um, cool mm-hmm. as hell. He pops up in a lot of really cool movies, too. I liked him in his police uniform and Catch of the Day, actually, as well. That was mm-hmm. good luck holding his donut. You know, that, that was... <laughs> <laughs> Those are too. I like that movie. You know, James is yeah. like really like a fun dude when it comes to all his films because, you know, as I was saying before, not only does he direct, he does special effects... He acts in a lot of his films, too. And he is a really, uh, you know, a great actor, especially a great comedic actor. You know, he's like, you know, the great comedic actor of uh, these horror films that we do. You know, I always say that um, his movies remind me a little bit of the Benny Hill show. You know, I I think you just see him and he puts a smile on your face. Yeah, he has that kind of energy of being like this really great comedic person. He even has joke books that he writes that are about all these different kinds of puns. You know, he uh-huh. is like a funny guy. He is our Benny Hill. He's the Benny Hill of the horror scene. <laughs> if anybody even knows who Benny Hill is, I only know because I used to watch that in repeats. I don't uh-huh. even know if anybody knows. Yeah. Anybody listening my, to this? My grandfather like, was a huge fan, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, my I, grandparents, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. So I'm just thinking, though, I have, to, I have to speed up some videos of him and put the Betty Hill music behind it. And, uh... Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because, you yeah. know, it's like with, with James's films, we have all this like nudity and women like wearing very little clothing. And sometimes we even have full frontal male nudity and we have all these blood and guts. <laughs> but in the end, it's it's like the Betty Hill show because it's all in good fun, you know? Right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so. You know, and that's like the spirit, I think, of all of James's films, that they're fun movies. You know, they're the kind of movies that a lot of people just watch over and over again because they're fun and they make you laugh. You know, and 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 that's what we want. A lot of us at the end of the day is that we want to laugh. We want we want to be entertained. We want a smile put on our faces, you know, and that's what Mm -hmm. James does. You know, yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm in like eight zillion of his films or however many. (laughs) Uh So I'll be seeing James next week at Mad Monsters. So I'm looking forward to that. It'll be a good time. That is a great show. I went last year. I was so glad to go. Uh, my schedule is way too busy right now, probably for me to go around and do anything else. My last big convention for me actually was Birmingham Horror Fest for Halloween. Weekend. Oh, wow. Nice. And I got to go to Birmingham, United Kingdom. And that was really mm-hmm. awesome. They did a fantastic job. I loved our hotel. I loved our neighborhood. I got to hang out with John Dugan um, and uh, uh, Whittaker. They were uh-huh. awesome. We hung out at the bar. They gave me um, advice on like love and, and <laughs> horror movies. So that was awesome. Uh-huh. And then I got to hang out with Mark Patton and his friend uh, Barnaby. Oh, yeah, and we uh-huh. did a lot of clothing shopping. And we went to like a lot of really cool stores. And that was really fun. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, and I had a great time with everybody there. And the British fans are really, really committed and dedicated and just love the horror genre, you know? It's amazing to go to the other side of the pond, to go to England, and just see how many of them love the films that you're in, that have seen, um, you know, James Balsamo's films, have seen Jeremiah Kipps' films, have seen all of these films that I'm in. I was surprised at how many of them had seen me in One Cold Haunting Day by uh, Jim Haggerty. 
I was surprised that people in England were familiar with it because it's just a short film that we did a while back. But some people had commented on it. So I'm like, awesome. And they were all looking forward to Death House, you know? Yeah. That's Which awesome. comes out the tw- uh, comes out the 23rd. And actually, I think it was just yesterday was uh, John Dugan's uh, birthday. So happy birthday to John. Yeah, yeah. I just forgot to wish him a happy birthday. So just before I got on to this uh, interview, I just posted on his wall. Literally, right. Right before I started okay. this. That's why I was like, hold on a sec. I was like, happy birthday. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't always uh, look at my Facebook every day. Sure, and I, sure, and I sure. saw him posting on Facebook, thank you, everybody, for all the birthday wishes. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't post anything. I'm like, I'm a terrible person. And then yeah. I just uh, I just did that now. So because yeah, he's just awesome. you couldn't. Yeah, you could have just said you were waiting to say it here on on without your head. Yeah, so happy birthday to John Dugan. He was a lot of fun <laughs> hanging out with him yeah, and, and Dwayne Whittaker. I have these memories of us at the bar of our restaurant, um, you know, mm-hmm. hanging out together, the three of us. And it was just like such a great sense of humor. Um, they both have uh, and such great guys. You know, again, I just feel like everybody in the horror genre, it's like we're this extended family or maybe like a weird family, maybe. Or maybe we're like these traveling uh, circus performers that go from city to city. Maybe <laughs> yeah, that's like what carnies. we are. Right. <laughs> right. Maybe that's what it really is. But it, it but it's cool because we definitely all have like this really cool bond. And it's always great seeing everybody. And I had so much fun at Birmingham Horror um, uh, Con with everybody. You know, like the people that ran it did a fantastic job. They do a bunch of conventions actually in London, Birmingham, and Liverpool. And everybody that's in the United Kingdom should check them out because they are amazing. I think anybody could go there and have a lot of fun, you know? Mm-hmm. So check it out. Yeah, definitely. Cool. And uh, it's been awesome to talk to you, Genevieve. But we do have Camille Keaton coming on, so we have to we have to go. But I'd love to have you back sometime. Awesome. Definitely, definitely. And, yeah, move on to Camille Keaton, who is awesome. Honored to be with her in Death House and honored to be singing her at the premiere in February. So rock yeah, on February with 23rd. Camille. She's a great yeah, guy. Very cool. Take now, care. Real quick, where, where can people uh, find you? You can find me, Genevieve Rossi, G-E-N-O-V-E-V-A Rossi, R-O-S-S-I dot com. You can also find me on IMDb. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on uh, Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. You can check out my website, which has links to all my social media and look at all my cool pictures and see what I have on there. And Or you could just Google my name, and I'm sure you'll get a lot of different things that you could check out. But check out my movies, check out my work, look at like my social media, and say hi. Be my friend. All right? Very, very cool. Thanks again. This has been great. Thank you. Take care now, and enjoy Camille Keaton. She's awesome. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye.
is Linnea, and you're listening to Without Your Head, which I've done in a lot of movies. Have a good day, and stay scared. Welcome back to the station of decapitation, Without Your Head. And I'm still Nasty Neal, and now I'm joined by a horror icon, Camille Keaton. How are you doing? Hi. Hey. hey. I'm doing fine. Very good. Very good. It's good to have you back here. Well, Neil, it's always good to be hearing your voice. Yours as well. Yours as well. Yours as well. So <laughs> February twenty third, yeah, February twenty third. It's not not very far off, but uh, about two weeks, uh, right no. after my birthday, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Death House. Uh-huh. Birthday. Thank you very much. That's right, Death House. I, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, Death House, yes, will be premiering uh, in New York on that date, I believe, February 23rd. Yeah, so that's that's uh, very exciting. People, uh, you know, horror fans are really looking forward to this because the, the cast is just loaded with stars from, from top to bottom. So how did you even get involved in Death House? Well, I got involved uh, via Mike Eisenstadt. Mike Eisenstadt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he is the... Um, the uh, senior production consultant on the movie. Mm-hmm. An honor to be uh, invited to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, who did yeah. you get to work with for, for your scenes in Death House? Who did I get to work with? Uh, well, yeah. you know, I got to tell you, Neil, <laughs> uh, one thing about this movie, there are going to be some surprises in it. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want surprises. to spoil anything. All right. Very good. Very good. Cause, right. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be uh, an amazing, it is an amazing movie. And so and this is something you don't want to miss. I mean, especially with a cast that uh, I can't even begin to, I can begin it, but uh, <laughs> it'll take uh-huh. you a while to finish it. I mean, right, you know, right. it's got a lot of people in it, a lot of stars and yeah, well-known and, it's just going to be uh, great. I can name a few if you'd like. But. You know, honestly, when I first heard of the movie, before there was a you know a trailer, or we interviewed anyone about the movie, you know, like a couple of years ago, I looked at the IMDb page and I saw the names and I thought, well, is this even real? Because like every every horror person's <laughs> attached to it. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. You know, then obviously I know it's real and everything, but yeah, it's just the you could really just. It's just a giant list of of uh, of all the horror favorites: Adrian Barbo, Sid Haig, uh, yourself. <laughs> yeah, pretty much it's, really it's, everyone. Just, yeah, it's like um, I don't know. Some I read this uh, at one point. You know, remember the movie The Expendables of? Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the complete title i did not see the movie but it's uh someone said this is the expendables of the horror horror movies yeah Yeah. so harrison smith the director had you known him before uh you worked on death house uh no i i you know it was uh you know the first time that i had worked with him was on death house and what a wonderful man he is i really enjoyed working with him i hope you're listening harrison (laughs) <laughs> I think he is. He retweeted that that you were being on, so hopefully he's listening. Oh, really? Oh, good, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's yeah. been on the show himself. Great so. working with him. Yeah, uh, cool. Now, I know the the original idea was from from Gunnar Hansen. Uh, 
you, were you friends with Gunner at all from the conventions or anything? You know, I, I met Gunner about, I don't know if it was even a year, about a year, I'm going to say, thereabouts, before he passed. And I so liked that man. I mean, it was so sad to hear that he had passed away. Yeah. He was always uh, very friendly to me at the conventions. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he certainly uh, contributed a, a lot mm-hmm. to uh, the horror industry. And he, you know, I always wanted to run in. Well, I wanted to see him again. I was so heartbroken when I had heard, you know, I mean, everybody was, you know, sad. Yeah. So um, well, you, he wasn't... Uh... Uh, he had passed away when you got involved in the movie, right? He'd already passed, passed uh, yeah. away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it must be a good feeling that the uh, fans have been really involved uh, trying to get the movie to, to get at theaters and now it's going to theatrical release and uh, trying to get it, you know, at a, a wider, you know, release at, at more uh, screens across the United States. Okay. Well, I don't understand that question, but. Um, I mean, uh, that exactly must just be a good feeling. Well, you know, the fans have been um, have been really pushing to get the movie a theatrical release and then to get a wider release. And now it has, you know, a theatrical release. That must be a good feeling to know that uh, the fans have been really behind the movie. Well, it's a wonderful feeling. Yes, it is. It, it really, yes. That's, I you can't do better than that. <laughs> exactly. So uh, you've got a, a few movies coming out this year. Uh, Death House, we talked about, it's coming out the 23rd. Uh, Blood River is also coming out, and uh, that's going to uh, play at Mad Monster Party next week in uh, Charlotte. Yes, it is. Which I'll yeah. be there. And... So. Oh, I wish I was going to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would be a lot of fun. It would be great to be there. I'm, I'm not sure that the uh, director, producer may be there. Chris Forbes. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us? Uh, uh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about Blood River without you know spoiling the movie? Yeah. Um. Uh, Blood River is uh, a movie with uh, uh, vampires in it, like um, myself and uh, um, an actress by the name of Jezebel Anat. Uh, and of course, we're out for blood since we're vampires, and it, it takes place during the Civil War, and women are looking for uh, places to stay, or if they're in trouble, or being men are uh, falling falling all up, you know, trying to get to them and all that. They look for refuge, and um, they come by to. Well, I'm telling you the whole story now. I don't know if I should be doing that, but. Uh, they get into a lot of trouble when they come to where me and my witch friend is, Jezebel Anat. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of stuff goes on in there, bad, bad stuff. You know, we're craving the blood of young men and women. And then the movie goes on to present time. Mm-hmm. And I have not seen the movie, so... Hmm. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you watch a movie that, that you've made, uh, do you do you see it as as the movie, or do you watch it and 
uh, kind of see it as the memories you had while you're filming it. It's hard to watch it as, you know, just as the movie. Well, I look at a movie the first time I see it to see, well, see what kind of job I did in this, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know if that's what other actors do or not. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then the second time I see it, I, I look at the movie itself, and I do that a little bit when I'm looking at it the first time, too. And Sure. Um, it's always a treat. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, quickly is also... Right, the name right, quickly sure. is in this movie too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys are friends, you know, right? In, in, in outside of you know films. Uh, yes, we actually live in the same area. We mm-hmm. live in South Florida in this wonderful town um, that I love uh, so much. I live near the beach, and she lives a little bit further out. And she actually was helpful in getting me this part. Um, she oh, had good. worked with Christopher before. Yes. So um, that was a wonderful experience. Yeah. It must be fun working yeah. with your friend, I would think, too. Always, yeah. If you get that opportunity, it doesn't come along very often. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was great to work with her. She's a good actress, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's great. Uh, do you do you have any uh, stories about you and Linnea anywhere that that's fit to tell on 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 here? I don't know I don't about that. To, I don't want to get you in trouble or anything. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's you know we have our little stories. Uh, you should you should have told me to think about that before asking. Yeah, well, I didn't. Th- I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think about it till now. So you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, Linnea and I, we've run into each other many times at the local supermarket that we go to and um it's always fun to run into her there and uh she's uh just a terrific gal and uh she's so much into uh into animals and it's just a very kind person yeah yeah she's uh, always been very kind to me whenever i've met her or had on the show and uh always love to see her uh in movies so uh, I we talked about this last time. I spit on your grave, deja vu. Which um, do you know if it, uh, we hopefully it's coming out this year? I certainly hope that it is coming out this year. I mean, I've been led to believe that it is. So uh, they're still tweaking it, mm-hmm. and uh, but for the most part, they have the movie done. There's also a um, a documentary, and I've had the privilege of seeing that I didn't see, I spent on your grave deja vu yet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mayor is quite the, uh, perfectionist and he and his, uh, my stepson, his son, they're both working on it together, mm-hmm. but he's never one to be in a hurry. He wants to just get it just so to be right to him. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, what was it like for you to, to revisit the character? Uh, to revisit the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it, 40 <laughs> years later, 39 right. years later? We won't uh-huh. say, right? Yeah. We just did. <laughs> it was a few years later. Okay. Right. <laughs> and then there's some other actors out there just recently that uh, uh, did their part 40 years <laughs> later, too. I can't remember mm-hmm. them, but uh, it was great because I didn't... Uh, um, saying for a long time to Mayor, why don't you make a sequel? 
other people were doing a spit on your grave or <laughs> right uh, and i've done many sequels sequel yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and there's some remakes and um i've seen uh most of those mm-hmm. and i think the actresses did a great job and them sarah butler and um mm-hmm. they they did great jobs I, I can't remember right now the other actresses she was wonderful mm-hmm. yeah and, and i think they've done uh four of, of the remakes uh yeah maybe so i didn't know that mm-hmm. it's just they're hard to keep up with right so uh yeah. so you said you were asking him about you know why don't we do a sequel and uh before this one was there ever a time where it seemed like you were going to do a sequel mm, uh, not that i recall no yeah so who whose idea was to do i spit on your grave deja vu when did you first hear about you know we're going to make this movie I just got a call one day from Mir, uh, Mir Sarki, and he said, well, we're going to do a sequel. And you know, I think I probably said something like, finally, you know, <laughs> do I get a part, you know? Uh, and of course, yeah, I, I get to play Jennifer Hills again, 40 years later. Yeah. And I have a daughter in the movie who is absolutely wonderful, played by Jamie Bernadette. Uh, I say Bernadette, but I think she says Bernadette. And uh, there's also another actress in there, Maria Olsen, who does an amazing job. And they're both amazing. And and, and all the characters in there, uh, the the guys that play the guys, what happens to me uh, in the original movie happens to my daughter. And more than that, I, I can't really say too much about sure. it. I, I signed a confidentiality agreement. Yeah. So just just that, uh, had you ever thought of like what, what a sequel would be about and like how your character, uh, you know, how all the, everything that happened in the first movie, how that would affect uh, your character and what she would be like, you know, if you did a sequel at some point? Well, yeah, I thought of uh, different stories uh, to do as a sequel, like a different kind of story than what he did. It was what I thought would be different, but um, that he's doing a movie. It's his movie, not mine. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. No, um, what other movies do you have? I think you have another movie coming out this year. Well, yeah, I do. Uh, I think I have a couple more. Um, Cry for the Bad Man. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Blood River. Yeah. Uh, Cry for the Bad Man. Uh, we did just uh, in November, this past November, and it's directed by Sam Farmer or Samuel Farmer, and uh, produced by Karina Farmer and uh, and there's a couple other producers: Jonathan Shepard, Catherine McAvoy, and uh, I played the part of a woman who's recently divorced and uh these three would be uh extortionists uh give me an offer for my land because it was at one time their land and i refuse i don't want to do it and that's when the fun i guess begins you know (laughs) (laughs) um so it resorts to guns and violent confrontation and um I've heard it said, uh, someone said it was loosely, uh, I read this, inspired by High Noon, 
that movie, High Noon. Oh, wow. Yeah. An old movie. Yeah. And, um, so I get to defend my property and, uh, I can't, uh, I don't want to give it all away. And it was, I'll just tell you one thing about working on that movie and that movie, I enjoyed working with the people on that movie so much. They were just, we became family and it was wonderful. And it was kind of sad when we ended it and we said our goodbyes. Mm -hmm. It it was just, we got along so well. Yeah. And when you have an experience, when, when when you have an experience like that, do you keep in touch afterwards? Oh yeah, I have. Yes. Yeah. Um, we've been talking about doing this movie for, uh, for four, and let me get my English down here, uh, for about four years (laughs) Uh and it finally, uh, came about. So, um, yes. And, uh, so it may come out, I think it's coming out soon. Uh, Definitely 2018. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, And... Go ahead. No, I was just say you said you guys all, all got along and everything, and and had had such a nice time. Um, uh, do you think that comes through in a movie? Like, if 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 everyone's working together well, it it tends to make for a better uh, movie, or does not have a effect on the finished film? I never really thought about about that before because it's just something I never have thought about. Mm-hmm. I know there are some movies I've worked on. I've never met uh, anybody but that person that was there that day or a couple of other people <laughs> that were there. You know, right. if, if, if I have a small part. and uh, um, So I don't know. I mean, for example, yeah. uh, what have you done with Solange? I don't know if you saw it mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. Um, I played my part there and I worked with those people and I met most of the people only um in most of the actors and people that were working on the film but um on that particular film myself and another actor actress they they call us actors now right instead of actresses <laughs> right right that's a right. I don't know uh-huh. why they decided to do that correct. I still feel like an actress <laughs> not an actor Oh. And yeah, we kind of we were we were working in London, and we decided to stay somewhere else that cost us a lot less, so we could uh, sock that per diem away, you know, <laughs> and shop. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. So uh-huh. I was just there for three three days out of uh, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, where was London, that film? Right, London. Yeah, London. That's right. And then they did a little bit in Italy. That's when I was living over there. Yeah. Uh, from from yeah. all the places, all I, the different, tried, all the different countries. Go on. Sorry, go, go ahead. Go on, I'm sorry. No, you go, that go ahead. That was rude of me. I was oh, so no, rude. it's not fine. Uh, I tried to uh, talk to, here, let me do it again. I tried to talk to the director out of using me in that movie. <laughs> Why yeah, was that? I never had an acting lesson in my, uh, what have you done to Solange? Yeah, I had never had an acting lesson in my life, and I said I really don't think that I can do this. I I I really, really don't. And you know, Solange was not the part of a very glamorous. It wasn't a glamour part either, and I wanted to do that at the time. And 
And I just, he said, yes, you, he took me by the arm and he said, yes, you can do this movie. I will be directing you. And I said, well, okay. You know, and he did such a great job. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was going to ask, like all the different places uh, you've been uh, while filming movies, uh, United States, London, uh, Italy, uh, which is, or, and other places. Well, what, what parts of the world have been your favorite? Well, I always love working in Italy. Uh, when I was there, I also had the opportunity to work in Spain. Um, I don't know if I have a real favorite um, in my heart, I suppose I might say Italy. I just love Italy, but, uh, they were all pretty good places. Uh, okay. Well, there was one place I really didn't like, uh, <laughs> all right. where we were working and that was somewhere out in the wilderness when I did, uh, uh, I think it was, uh, Decameron too. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that film? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Oh, say yes. Yes. No, oh, yeah, of course, of course, I remember. It was out. It was out. It was out. It was out in the wilderness, I believe. <laughs> it was out in the wilderness. Thank you very much. Um, right, right. I think we stayed somewhere. In, we stayed somewhere near Naples, but yeah, it was out in the wilderness, and it was like just a place that you really didn't care if you were there or not. And then when I had some time off. Um, I loved to ride horses at the time, and I thought, well, I have the day off. I'm going to go ride a horse. And I went to uh-huh. ride a horse. I, I rented it, you know, and got on that horse and got thrown. And <laughs> from the horse, <laughs> I, I, I said to the guy, I said, the horse threw me. I was really <laughs> upset. <laughs> and I, I thought... Then he gets on on the horse and starts riding it, and he said, "Okay, uh, he's speaking Italian. It's okay to ride him now." And I said, "I don't think so. I just want to get back to where I'm staying. I don't remember how that happened, but it's like I don't think so." Um, uh-huh. Yeah, horses. Oh, I, I rode a horse in a movie too. Oh, really? Which movie is that? Madeline Anatomia di un incubo. Incubo, mm-hmm. which means Madeline, a study of a nightmare. I think it came out in English uh, somewhere. I, maybe mm-hmm. it was England. I don't think it was here. I'm not sure. And uh, that horse had a mind of its own, too. So, you know, you just hold on <laughs> to dear life. Yeah. Do you speak Italian? Yeah, a little bit. Uh-huh. You're probably Italiano. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't, so I, I assume you said something very important there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even though I am, I am, I am part of time. Yeah. I have a heavy accent, American accent. Right, right. So I just wondered though if you, if you, uh, if you know if you do a movie with uh, Italian directors and uh, other actors, uh, is the language barrier hard to deal with? No, it wasn't um, for me. By the time I did my first film, which was Solange, what have you done to Solange again? Uh, by that time, I was speaking some Italian, uh, uh, you know, not quite fluently, but I was speaking pretty well. Through, when I first yeah. met, the, met the director, I could hardly speak the language at all. Mm-hmm. So, cause, because the movie, after we met, was made eight or nine months later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, what about the food in Italy? I assume that's good. Oh, it's magnificent. 
It's wonderful. I love the food in Italy. It's my favorite. Yeah. So uh, I had Genoviva Rossi on earlier who uh, spoke highly of you and said she always had fun working with you. And uh, uh, do, you, do you remember working with, with Genoveva? And uh, do you remember when you met or any stories with her? Oh, we met at a convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I can't remember which convention it was. Sure. But they all run together. It was, it was a convention anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're at your table, there are your pictures, and there's a curtain behind you. And, and where it was, <laughs> right. I don't know, but um, she was on the other behind me on the other side, and we started, you know, talking and and having a conversation. And she, what a nice lady. She yeah, is so nice friendly. and very pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to uh, work with her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, for my first time talking to her. She was uh, very, very fun on the show. Was, uh, and definitely have her back sometime. It was, it was a good time. So I'll have to check it out. Tw- yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. February 23rd, uh, Death House will be premiering in, in New York. And so uh, hopefully a lot of people listening will, uh, will uh, get out there. There's a lot of people in attendance. Are you going to be at the, at the premiere? Uh, yes. Of course, I'm going to be at the premiere. Oh, I very think cool. about it for a moment. I just bought the, uh, <laughs> the ticket, and I yes, I'm uh-huh. going to be there. I'm witness for the world. I think very it's coming cool. out on the 22nd in Los Angeles. Not sure, but uh, maybe at the Bruin. I'm a dunk. I'm not sure. Do you know? I just so, have the New York date here, but I know it, it comes yeah. out. Uh, I believe, like you said, the, the day before in, in in L.A. But I know on on their website, on the Death House website, it lists. Uh, the premieres, and then all the theaters that are showing it, you know, after that. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, people, just check out the Death House. Yeah. Part, Connie? Oh, go on, I'm sorry. No, you go yep. ahead. I didn't know uh, you were asking a question. No, you said you were looking forward to the Death House premiere. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we were talking about that, right? Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, the Death okay, House I'm premiere not- is going to be a ton of people there. I think I'm on a little bit of a delay, so I think this is why we're having a little bit of a communication problem. And, uh, but the Death House uh-huh. premiere, 23rd, you're going to be there. A bunch of other people are going to be there, and you're looking forward to it. Absolutely, yes. And I'm looking forward to being in New York. I haven't been there in years, and I used to live there, so it's going to be fun. It may be a little chilly. Yeah, it's very. It's cold here on the East Coast. I'm in Massachusetts, and... I know you're on the East Coast, oh. too, but you're in Florida. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cold uh, up here. I bet it is cold, yes. Mm-hmm. And... There's a bunch of snow in Boston, I believe, yesterday. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to get off those uh, snow boots. And I <laughs> also wore a, uh, what do you call it? It goes over your face. Um, like a ski mask? Such a, yeah, yeah, a ski mask. Sometimes. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah it's cold. Probably so. no skiing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <Sorry. laughs> I'm getting silly now. Um, yeah, so are you going to be there? Uh, I probably there, won't. I, I would like to be there. I'm not positive yet because I will be in Charlotte next week, so I'm not sure if I'll be able to, uh, to get there. But if I can, I will definitely be there. Okay. Well, it's not to be missed. No, I would love to be there. It's uh, it's a little bit of a, not that far. It's about four hours from me. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to be there. Love to be there. Yeah. Uh, and, like, so many people are going to be there. I'm really looking forward to the movie. 
uh, you know, just everyone's going to, and even uh, the movie itself obviously is great to see, but the idea that everyone's going to be there in attendance, uh, that makes it, you know, uh, makes it an experience, you know, above and beyond just the movie itself. Oh, yes. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hopefully I can, I'll make it there and I'll talk to everybody, hopefully. You better so. make it there. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see you there. Very cool. I'd love to see you there. We yeah, one year at a, a mad. Yeah, I'll try to make it happen. One year at a mad monster, we were across the hall from each other, my table. But we had not had you on the show yet, so we didn't know each other. So, uh, but it would be it would be great to uh, meet you now that now now that we've had you on the show a couple times yeah. and, uh, and we've talked to each other. So uh, it's been great yeah, to have you great back, to meet Camille. You too. Yeah, and it's great it to have you on the show. Good to be and... back and talk to you again. I think we talked uh, a year or so ago. I'm, I, if I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. We'll make it an annual event. Yeah, I'm sorry. What'd you say? I said we'll make it an annual event. There you go. I'm just gonna have to keep making more and more movies. There you go. So, so we not, have not... something new to talk about. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and thank goodness I did. So you know. Yeah, yeah. If not, we'll yeah. just talk about Italian food. There we go. I could talk about that all day long, every day. <laughs> you have a favorite yeah. dish? <laughs> yes, actually, uh, I want spaghetti alla carbonara. Hmm. Well, what, what, what yeah, is spaghetti. that? What's what's in that? Okay, it's spaghetti, and the carbonara sauce is with egg, and uh, I know it doesn't sound appetizing, but it's egg and. Uh, bacon or you can use uh salt pork um a, a little bit of olive oil to saute the uh, salt pork and whatever you're going to saute in there and and then you uh put it over the uh pasta whatever pasta you choose and um and lots of pepper and um parmesan parmesan cheese um, that sounds very good. and that's about it and you toss mm. it and you know, just just so many ways you can make la carbonara. That mm-hmm. was my first dish in uh, Rome when I arrived there. It sounds very good. It is sounds excellent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, I've never had that dish, but uh, I've never been to Italy either. But uh, hopefully someday uh, I'll get I'll, I'll get there and uh, I'll remember that dish and I'll say Camille Keaton uh, recommended this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, they probably right. have some uh, nice Italian restaurants up there where you. Yeah, are. they do. They, they, yeah, there's a uh, in uh, the North End in Boston. It's a uh, Italian uh, uh, community and tons of restaurants. Oh, uh, yeah. You just walk the street and it's all kinds of. Uh, I personally like veal salt and boca. Uh, I know some people don't like to eat mm-hmm. veal, so you can also get chicken salt and boca. But salt and boca is excellent. Oh, it is. It's really good. Making yeah. me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well uh, you know, I'm gonna let you go, but it's been a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to, in New York. And if it, either way, we'll be talking again. Okay, and it's been a pleasure talking to you, and um, just stay warm up there. Thank you very much. And, and uh, I'm looking and forward have to have a great time in person. Per- me as well. Thank you. Okay. Good night. Good night. Bye. Good night. Good night. Well, I don't just haunt on Halloween. I'm an all-year-round nightmare queen. Keep your pumpkin heads I'm searching for my heart instead. 
of decapitation without your head. I'm Celeste Neal, and now I'm joined by Eben Magar, the promoter of Mad Monster Party, which is coming up next week, a week from right now, well, a week from tomorrow, actually, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, how are you doing? How are you doing, Neil? I'm good. I'm very good, actually. I'm looking forward to this. So, yeah, you coming I haven't to the show? Been to a Mad Monster for, yeah, I'll be there. I haven't been to a Mad Monster for a couple years. Uh, I had a very, I was very sick. And it messed a lot of things up. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting back to Mad Monster. I actually really like Charlotte itself. I like that area. I like the I like, I like the hotel. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should, it should be fun. You know, it's on track to be uh, our biggest show yet. So uh, glad you glad this is the one you're coming back to. Yeah. And so I know a couple of years ago when you were at the same hotel, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this right start. There was uh, some uh, problems because the only problem was there were so many people, and it was hard to walk through the halls. So I assume uh, you thought about that and have, have taken care of that issue. Well, I mean, our attendance like really spiked. I mean, the thing is, we knew it was going to be a big show. Hulk Hogan, William Shatner. Uh, yeah. I mean, we had an all-star lineup that year as well. And, uh, you know, we figured, okay, we need a couple more, you know, cashiers. Yay. No, we needed like double. Uh, you know, we, we based everything on the pre-sales and we just could not fathom the walk-up. The walk-up was insane. So naturally we learned from that and we've uh, been better since. Um, this is, this is going to be nuts. In fact, we just made an announcement that if you have pre-sales, we're opening the box office up two hours early. And it's highly recommended that if you want to get in when the doors open, just get down there two hours early. Yeah, that's very cool. So uh, for people who have not been to a Mad Monster, now you have you have guests, you have vendors, and we'll talk about some of them in a minute. But there's also some cool events, like um, obviously uh, Levi hosts the uh, the panels. And uh, what other kind of events are, are going to happen at Mad Monster? Well, I mean, you know, we have, we have our karaoke, you know, Friday and Saturday night. We have uh, costume contests. You know, uh, you know, we have the Miss Mad Monster pageant where you have a bunch of talented, beautiful gals uh, competing for the crown and some cash. Um, lots of stuff, lots of, oh, always something going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's a party with, with, it's a party. with um, mad monsters. <laughs> exactly. That, so, that, yeah. that's, that's why we don't let press in, you know, yourself kind of excluded. <laughs> you're, you're a party guy. Yeah. You're, you're like half press. Yeah. Half press. I like that. I, I'm just, yeah, I'm just, the, I'm nasty. There's no label. That's, that's all you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't bother anyone. I've been to conventions and nothing gets anyone who wants to do a podcast because obviously I do uh, a couple of them. But um, I, ha it, I have to admit, it is very, I, 
I, I see how annoying people can be uh, just walking around trying to get interviews with everyone and not thinking like, hey, you know, these people are, are actually uh, not only, you know, selling things, but they're talking to the people that are there just as fans want to enjoy the uh, the event. And I think it, it, it well, definitely n- takes away from everything. N- nowadays, everyone with a blog or a Facebook page, you know, fancy themselves a journalist. So, right. you know, we just have a policy of like no press passes because, you know, it, it, it just kind of kills the vibe. And, you know, you have a lot of fans who just want to sit there. And our show is a little more intimate, as you know, with celebs. You, yeah. know, they're, you know, it's usually in a hotel setting. You're sitting directly across, you know, from these celebs. And, you know, um, it, 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 it's not like some of the larger Comic-Cons where you have these like long, sterile lines. We try to foster more of a party vibe. So, you know, just having a bunch of people with press credentials trying to set up interviews and getting in the way, just, you know, it's not our thing. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's, I think it's uh, cool that you guys have a lot of um, a lot of the guests in in uh, character and costume photo ops because obviously it's cool to get your picture with anyone, but uh, to have them as the character that you know, that's definitely something special. Yeah, I mean, we, we pretty much pioneered that. I mean, in L.A., we put on these shows uh, in the early 2000s, and, you know, we had uh, uh, Walter Phelan in a uh, Dr. Satan backdrop, and we had, um, you know, Ben Chapman and Julie Adams together with, like, a Black Lagoon oh, set. Nice. So we always try to do themed photo ops, yeah. And, uh, you know, at our first Mad Monster Party, we had Patty Mullen as Frankenhooker. It was her first show pretty much uh-huh. since... Frank and Hooker was out, you know, we're pretty good at finding guests that aren't on the circuit. Um, you know, we had James Hong as Lopan. So we pretty much brought, uh, brought the costume photo ops, uh, to the scene and it's great to see a lot of people following our lead. Yeah. I didn't know you did that with Ben Chapman. That's awesome. Cause, uh, that was actually one of my favorite guests I ever had on the show was, was Ben Chapman. It was really special. Yeah. Benny, Benny was have, amazing. Yeah. And, uh, just a real quick story about him. So, uh, we had it scheduled a couple times, but he was very bad health at the time. And, uh, he was like in and out of the hospital. And so when we actually had it scheduled, you know, for the live show, we called him and he sounded really bad. And I was like, well, we can do it another time. And he just went, no, I, w- I want to do it before I croak. And if I say it, maybe people think, oh, it's kind of bad, but like he meant it in not only a funny way, but he was serious. Like he wanted to, to do the interview and have it out there for people to listen to. Uh, cause he knew he didn't have, uh, much time here, but he had a positive attitude about it. Did, 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 did he, uh, did he give you any ghillie bucks? Did you he, ever get a ghillie buck from him? I, he's, it was very cool. Cause at the time my brother was, uh, drawing all the caricatures for all the guests. And, uh, he specifically asked, he's like, can you send me uh, four of those? And I was like, yeah, of course. So I sent uh, four copies of it. He sent them back, uh, three of them, um, autographed, uh, we kept one, and then he autographed uh, the three other ones. So I gave one to my brother, uh, kept one, and uh, John, the, the the other host at the time. And he also sent, which is one of my f- highlights of doing the show. I have it. I'm looking over to the left here. Uh, he sent. Uh, it was a copy of his original contract, 1954 contract for, or maybe it was 53 when he signed it uh, for Creature from the Black Lagoon, and he was paid like five hundred dollars or three hundred dollars, and he signed it, and I was like, wow. That's, Oh, oh, awesome. oh, no, he he autographed it, if you recall. See, I, yeah. I was just about to compliment you for using the word autograph, because that was, that was Benny's big thing. If you said, hey, Benny, can I get you to sign this for me? He'd say, no, I will autograph it. <laughs> you sign checks. You autograph memorabilia. I'll never forget that. So with Benny, 
he never signed for fans. He autographed for them. That's very cool. And he also said that, too, to call him Benny. Uh, uh, he specifically you know, mentioned that, that he liked to be called Benny, especially amongst his friends. So, yeah, that's definitely a highlight. Yep. And I, I wish I, I never got the chance to meet him, but uh, that would have been that would have been great. No, oh, yeah, so, ma- amazing guy. He, he actually did our first show on the 50th anniversary of the creature. And uh, yeah, no, he, he was great. He was there with Julie. And uh, yeah, uh, miss him terribly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but what do you want to say? Troy does apologize. He actually lost power. That's why he is not here with us. So he is not uh, he's not ignoring the show. He just uh, he actually lost power. What is he on like a space station somewhere? What do you mean he lost power? Like, I don't know. He lost power. Like, is he in trouble? I don't know. Or something. I don't know. Life support systems operating? Are they? Is he okay? Yeah, well, he did have a few drinks when we were out to eat before the show. So I, I don't know if he's, I don't think too many though. Let's see, he's getting a lightweight here, and his uh, his old. He did just turn fifty, so. I don't know, but I know he would like to be here. <laughs> you'll be, you'll meet him for the first time uh, next next week. Yeah, uh, first time in like I think five years he went to a convention with me, so it'll be a, fun well, time. a fellow a fellow Craven fan. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, he's a huge uh, comic book fan. Uh, he's got uh, a few tattoos like yourself of uh, Marvel characters. When we went to see, um, he was the first Avengers, and uh, when he saw the the first glimpse of. Um, um, with uh, Thanos, he was uh, all geeked out because he has a big Thanos tattoo on on his arm. So, so, so is he mocking uh, the new Venom trailer as as much as I am? Or <laughs> I don't know if he's even seen it yet, but he tends to not be a big fan of the non uh, Marvel universe films. Well, I mean that's that's the big thing, and not to go off on a tangent, but now they're they're saying perhaps it will be integrated into the MCU. That's the uh, rumor. Yeah. But... That could that could be a whole nother show where I mock Sony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I read that like I think they were already they were trying to sign um uh, the guy who plays Logan, I forget his name. But uh, you know, to and he might be in early as Avengers four, uh, you know, reprise roles. Yeah. I, I, I can't see it. It would be such a mistake, you know, you'd you'd think they'd want to just recast and uh you know, have their own you know, I mean, cause how many more does he have in them? I mean, you know damn well that uh you know, Marvel is going to crank out X Men like full blast, you know, right. along with Fantastic Four. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, and I guess it'd be weird to you know have one guy, but then like it's all different people for the rest of them. Even though I yep. think even in their own Marvel, even their own X Men movies, there's several actors who play all the different characters. Yeah, I'd say I've kept up with, with the X Men movies. Though. Black Panther. So you're talking Black a little Panther's bit. Uh, we'll go back to Mad Monster, but uh, Black Panther. So you, I have not seen it yet. Yeah, I was, I was well, fortunate enough to check it out. I mean, well, I, you know, again, you know, there's an embargo, an embargo on. Uh, uh, long story short, what I have to say about Black Panther is, uh, it, you know, in my opinion, it's it's probably the best Marvel cast. Um, you know, and that's saying a lot. You know, but uh, Letitia Wright, who plays uh, T'Challa's sister, uh, series just so good, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it 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 is it, it, really really uh, it, blew, it it blew me away, and like uh, all the early praise is justified. People are trying to dismiss it, saying, you know, uh, it's skewed uh, for social and political reasons. But no, the film actually lives up to the hype. Yeah, I've been looking for. I saw there was even but, a thing like uh, that. DC fans were uh, uh, 
uh, like trying to, you know, give it intentionally bad uh, reviews on Rotten Tomatoes without even seeing it. And uh, that that kind of stuff's just ridiculous on both sides. You know, if you like, well, I hate DC movies, even if you don't see them yet, or, uh, or if I, I hate Marvel movies. I, I don't know any like DC, DC fans that actually likes the DC films. I don't know any actual DC fans. You know, because if you're a fan of DC comics, you know, those films are a giant, like, slap in the face. <laughs> so, uh-huh. you know, it, it's an oxymoron to say, you know, DC fans that like like, like those films. I just, I find that hard to reconcile. Yeah, I, well, so I, I digress. One like, I, specific I could, one on my... Yeah, I have one specific one on, on on my Facebook. Now Troy's here, and Troy knows this. Uh, he calls in the show sometimes, and he's just obsessed with even before he sees them. Any DC movie he thinks is the best, and any Marvel movie which he doesn't even watch, he just thinks what? is total crap. Yeah. So 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 wait, are you going to sit here and try to defend Justice League in this? Because uh, I I, I uh, can't he, wait to hear it. Yeah, he he loved it. Now Troy's not Troy's not no. person, but uh, but uh, but there's uh, Robbie Scar. I'll say. He called in last week to try to tell us that that Justice League was a great movie, and uh, he also nah. loved uh, Batman vs Superman. Wow! All right. But if Robbie, if you're I out mean, there, there, call there, 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 and try try to tell us why. You're hey, I, 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 you, I mean, you realize I can you 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 know I can just as easily counter that and point out that there are flat earthers, right? We could have some of those call in too. <laughs> Is this very true? I've been I I haven't started the page yet, but uh, I'm starting the the greener uh, green cheesers because uh, with the flat Earth people, I want to bring back the idea that the moon really is green cheese. That's just it's just a lie from by NASA, and I think uh, I'm going to start the Facebook group and then get some people uh, into this, and hopefully we'll take off the the green cheesers. Uh, I I think it's just as valid as uh, saying Justice League was a good film. I think you know you you have. Uh, <laughs> You know, just as much credibility. <laughs> I think total so, uh, agreement. Troy, ah, Troy's here. Uh, so uh, Evan was saying that uh, he got to see uh, Black Panther, and he said it was excellent. Oh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> so good, so good. Are you all right, Troy? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we hope you're you're uh, you're doing okay here. Uh, let's, well, you know, uh, I talked to Evan once at, at Mad Monster about uh, about Craven the Hunter, and uh, it's got not necessarily obscure character, but I think you have to be, you know, uh, a Spider-Man fan to to know who it wouldn't be a character you just say and a non-conflict uh, fan would like. Um, and I knew right away that, that you get along because you're a big Craven fan too. Oh God! And I know uh, Evan's favorite storyline was uh, is it the Last Hunt, the Final Hunt, something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, oh, Cra- nice Craven's Last Hunt. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I have Craven tattooed on my arm, and you know, of course, non-comic fans wonder why I have a Freddie Mercury tattoo. So <laughs> I was explaining to Neil what that was about. <laughs> yeah, I get that with my Doctor Strange tattoo. Sometimes I'm like, people, you know, they will, they'll ask why I have Tom Selleck tattooed on my arm. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and it's, now since the movie came out, people ask me why I have Doctor Strange tattooed on my arm. I'm like, no, it's Tom Selleck. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. Some of the guests at uh, uh, Mad Monster who are well, what we mentioned earlier about uh, uh, being in costume, and Ari Mihailov, who I'll be talking to uh, this weekend um, uh, to, to plug Mad Monster, will be in the, the Leatherface uh, outfit costume. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. Screen used teeth, screen used saw. Uh, you know, first time he suited up uh, since the film. 
Um, it's going to be fun. That's pretty wild. Ra's a really yeah. fun guy too. He's he named me Nasty Neil was uh, ten years ago on the show. And he's got a rugged uh, sure on right there. <laughs> it is. It is. That should be on his uh, the write up uh, of him. Ari Mahalaki, Leatherface, named Nasty, Nasty Neil. Neil. And... You know, I, I'm adjusting his bio on our announcement as, as we talk. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Uh, I I, uh, I think I'm gonna put that 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 ahead of hatchet. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So the first. So it's a, you said it was a, a movie used. So it's like the original ones, the original teeth and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The teeth and the uh, saw. You know, Jason Guy is this Uber uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre collector. Uh, you know, he uh, he has the original screen used nubbins. He has the Excalibur saw from uh, Leatherface. You know, the third film with R.A. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, screen use saw, screen use teeth, and that it's going to be pretty phenomenal. That's pretty sweet. I always think, honestly, not just he's going to be there or anything. I always thought Leatherface is the uh, most underrated of uh, uh, of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Like, I think the first one's the best, and the second one is. Uh, I never liked it as a kid, but then as I get older and you watch it, you know, knowing it's a comedy, like I think it's a great movie. And then the third one. Well, I think it's I think half a great film. Uh, I, I think. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. I, just, I, no, I every time on. someone praises Chainsaw Two, I just have to, you know, point out that I think that Dennis Hopper ruined that film. And if you edit it out, Dennis Hopper, then you have a great <laughs> film. But go on. All right, fair enough. And then Leatherface, um, it's kind of like uh, I think it's the the slasher version of uh, of of those movies. Uh, it's uh you know, it's more in the lines of like a, I would say a typical slasher, I'd like to put it down or anything, but it's more in the lines of like a slasher movie. And, uh, it's got some great scenes and it's a fun film. And, uh, I think it's uh, underrated, uh, in, in the franchise and it's much better than I think any of the ones that come after it. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's not, saying not that that's saying much, right? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I mean, another, po- another way to phrase it is that, you know, all chainsaw films get progressively worse, you know, but, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you know. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Did you see the newest one? I started it. <laughs> it was, it was uh, not to spoil the movie, but years ago when we heard that it was even made, they were making it, and just the basic premise of the movie, and then like you find out that there was like uh, I'm, I'm a fat guy, so the, like a fat kid was, you know, was just one of the, the kids in it. I said right away, uh, you know, he's not going to end up being Leatherface. It's going to be one of like the the model looking kids, like joking, and that's what happened. I was like, like oh my god, what a this what a uh, just a lousy movie. Yeah, and, and I you don't I, need, I, uh, you don't I, need to know how Leatherface becomes Leatherface. He just is. Yeah, no, I I, I was content with the first film. I really loved half of the second film. You know, I think R.A., uh, like, I, I think you put you put it best, you know, it, it's like the slasher interpretation. But past that, I mean, I remember going to Fango Week in the Horrors in the 90s in uh, New York and, then, you know, uh, having to buy like a $20 bootleg VHS of uh, Chainsaw 4 because uh, Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger's management were like spending money to try to shelf and bury that film. So <laughs> you could buy that the bootleg Fantastic Four and the bootleg... Uh, no, no, I don't think Fantastic Four were out yet. I think it was Punisher was the other uh, bootleg. I think this, this predated the uh, Fantastic Maybe the Four. Captain America one? 
<laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That was that was pretty terrible too. Yeah, but <laughs> good stuff. You know, though, that bootleg uh, Fantastic Four, I think, is is still the best Fantastic Four film. Well, I mean, they take if if, if you watch um, the scene where the Human Torch is going towards Doctor Doom's death ray or whatever the hell it is. They literally boosted the Max Fleischer Superman animation uh, where he's just getting knocked, like almost frame for frame. I think they just took it and said, hey, can we just like, you know, illustrate the Human Torch over Superman? And they're like, yeah, good enough. <laughs> I just always remember, the, uh, we, we got the bootleg too. I remember, Troy, we were excited to, to watch it. Oh, and then, God, yeah. uh, <laughs> And then at the end, I always remember <laughs> then the Then we watched hand. it. And then yeah. I must have... I love the the fan, the Mr. Fantastic hand at the end. It's just like waving at the back, out the back of the window. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just so bad. Terrible. But well, I, I just there's a really good documentary like, about it though. Oh, oh, doomed. Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I didn't get to see the documentary yet, but yeah, I want to check that out. Mm-hmm. What were you saying before that? No, I was just saying doomed. Yeah. Oh, oh no, I, I was just gonna babble on about Fantastic Four, which yeah, I can go off on a tangent on superhero shit all day. <laughs> That's very good. So, uh, who else is doing uh, costumes? Uh, Ken Kersinger is Jason. You know, uh, you know, we we had uh, Kane do uh, the New Blood Jason uh, with you know by John Beekler, and uh, you know, of course, now since we're uh, celebrating the anniversary of Friday vs. Jason, we thought it would be cool to have Ken Kersinger, you know, in a photo op with Robert. Robert will be wearing the glove. Um, so, you know, pre burned Freddy. <laughs> very cool and uh now um you have wrestlers at the show which i have no problem yep. with i'm a wrestling fan um how do other horror movie horror fans uh take to uh, wrestlers being at the is it a problem for anybody or do they like it or doesn't it matter yeah well here's the thing uh horror fans are people and people suck um so you know it, it's not to single anyone out but it just you know everyone everyone needs something to bitch about. So I remember when we first announced Hulk Hogan, you know, 95% of like fandom was like, went nuts. They're like, wow, right. Hulk Hogan. And of course you have the continued, like he wasn't in a horror movie. And it's like gremlins, you know, too. shut up bitches. You know, it's just like, <laughs> right. like the fact that you have to justify having Hulk Hogan at a show, you know, to someone who's like screaming for victim number six from Friday the 13th part five, you know, that makes sense to them, but it's like having, having these pop culture icons that don't mm-hmm. forget, you know, this is a celebration of the genre and mm-hmm. you have, you know, some of, some of like, you know, the biggest athletes and actors, you know, uh, Tom Hanks was an F- uh, famous launches fan, you know, FM, like there, there's so many, you know, uh, Johnny Depp FM fan. There are so many, uh, celebrities that you don't associate. I mean, Johnny Depp fine. Like, of course we're talking with the same fans, that you know, mm-hmm. post you you should get Johnny Depp to come to the show because he was in Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like, oh wow, I'll let him know he qualifies to come to a horror convention <laughs> because he was in Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm sure his management's going to be thrilled that we found a loophole to invite Johnny Depp in a circumstance in which you will 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 let him feel welcome. Uh-huh. You know, because you found a horror credit on IMDb. So uh-huh. yeah, that's. I don't really give much thought to what a lot of the fans bitch about. You know, the majority of the people come to have a good time. A lot of these people are, are genre and horror fans, you know, like Peter Chris is a, is a big horror fan, you know? I mean, yes, you could say, well, you kiss me the phantom. Look, there's a phantom. 
but come on, it's, 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 it's a fucking living legend, you know, and who wants to come hang out and celebrate the genre? What do you right. care? It's like, you have, you have your whole lineup of horror icons, but like anything, people love, you know, the first thing they want to do is form a like-minded group. And the second thing they want to do is exclude people from that group. So they feel exclusive. <laughs> that's what, that's what fandom is. It sucks. Uh-huh. So, uh, by the way, we mentioned wrestlers uh, to name them. Uh, Big Red Machine Kane's going to be there. That's pretty sweet. Uh, I don't remember yep. him at any convention of any kind, actually. Uh, Mick Foley, the uh, hardcore icon, and Road Warrior Animal, which uh, is amazing as well. Oh, yeah. Ha- the ha- half of my favorite of, tag team. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, how, can you, how can you beat uh, Legion of Doom and the Road Warriors? Yeah, I, I think I think I go Legion of Doom, uh, Bulldogs, and Heart Foundation, and then Dream Team. I think that's my order all time. All right, my my favorite team would actually be the Midnight Express of uh, of NWA, but uh, Road okay. Wars right up there, right up there. Yeah, Troy, how about yourself? Um, tough to beat the Steiners, but Road like Wars would be in my top like three or four. Yeah, I, I I don't know something about Dynamite Kid, you know, uh, in the Bulldogs. That that's what gets him at number two. I mean, Hawk and Animal oh, are just like are unstoppable, but yeah, yeah, but 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 I mean, you know, Dynamite Kid, you know, he's just insane. You know, and the and the Dream Team, it's pretty. You know, they, they make number four for me mainly over style. You know, I mean, I I I mean, I I, I also <laughs> honorable mention would have to go to Bundy and Stud. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's great, great. Team, yeah, uh-huh. but but I think uh, I think the Road Warriors do better promos than any of those guys. No, yeah, I, yeah. Um, just do. I'm gonna have to agree. Tell them, Hawk. Well, yeah, but, you know, Hawk Foundation is good too, though. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, especially uh, the '90s. Uh, Brett was really uh, the great character in the in the '90s uh, before you know. Uh, before leaving and have the whole thing with uh, with McMahon and everything, but uh, that was, I think, his best work as uh, all around, really. Uh, during the Hard Foundation, when they had the Hard Foundation as a stable. Mm. Let's see here. Uh, well, and uh, for people who uh, do like the horror connection, uh, Kane obviously in the See No Evil movies and the Sasuke. Right, and, and, and the absolutely yep. Which uh, he was good in uh, in uh, See No Evil. Yeah, I really enjoyed the first one. Yeah, I did. I did too. We had fun when we went to see it at the theater. Yep. The WWE movies of of late are uh, not necessarily the greatest. <laughs> it's pretty cool too, if I, for slasher fans, because you have uh, you have uh, Jason, you have uh, Michael Myers, you have Freddy Krueger, and you have Leatherface. So I mean, it's like the the four main guys. Yep. Yeah, you, you, you have the uh, Alpha and Omega Michael Myers. You got, you know, Nick Castle, who's reprising the role in the uh, new Blumhouse Halloween film with Jamie Lee Curtis. That's yeah, that's cool. pretty wild. Yeah, definitely. He's actually, he's uh, actually well, what, filming in the Carolinas, I think, right now. Oh, really? That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So uh, what do you, what is your take on, uh, I know you probably, we haven't seen it, but what do you take on uh, the idea of the new Halloween I'm okay with it. I mean, a lot of people are like, didn't we already do this with uh, H2O, you know, just kind of ignore continuity and hop back in. But I mean, you know, especially as a comic fan, you deal with so many retcons and whatever. 
I, I want to see a trailer before I jump on it and either praise I, it or hate it. You know, that's exactly what I said last week. Yeah. Like this, you know, but, but, but just the, the idea. You know, I, go on. No, I, well, I was just going to say like, you know, growing up, uh, you know, reading famous monsters and, and Fangoria and Gore, you know, Gore zone, Gore, Gore shriek, all these other mags, you know, I, I was a little better versed in uh, the behind the scenes than, than the casual, you know, horror fan kids at school. And mm-hmm. I always loved Halloween three. I, I mean, I just, I, you know, I always thought it was a I fucking do. great film. And, and, and I realized that, you know, any interview you ever saw with Carpenter, they, they discussed the idea that they always wanted each installment, you know, to be totally different. And the Akkad's kind of pushed Michael, you know, because the first one was a runaway hit. So they're like, no, we're going to, you know, keep milking, keeping this story arc. Um, so I never begrudged not having Michael. And I always thought it was such a lame reason to hate on a film. It's like, there's no Michael. You know, and then it's easier to, you know, dogpile it, you know, as subsequent sequels, four, five, six, and all these other films just get back to the the, the Michael story arc. It, it just, Halloween stood out for a sore thumb, but for me, in the best possible ways. I just loved it. So it, it's great to see, you know, you know, common sense prevail in the film to get the recognition, uh, you know, it deserves now. But where the hell were these people when we were kids? Bottom line is Halloween three rules. And if you hate on it, cause there's no Michael, you suck. That's the yeah. abridged version. I, I agree hundred uh, percent. I loved, I always loved part three when I was a kid and I didn't think anyone else liked it until I got online. And then, you know, there were other fans of it and it seems actually now that it has more fans than it ever has. But I remember for years. Well, then, then, Now it's, now it's cool. Now, now half the people that like made fun of it when you were a kid, you know, they, they, they have to pretend to like it. It's, 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 it's cool now. Yeah. I was actually at the last Mad Monsters uh, party in the in the same hotel in in Charlotte. Uh, I asked Tom Atkins. I was like, you know, people hated this movie. Uh, you know, now do you think people like it? And uh, and then he just looked at me, kind of laughed, and he's like, he's like, I don't give a shit if people liked it. And I just thought it was the funniest uh, answer. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> just like I don't give a shit. But yeah, but yeah, I was not. I, you know what someone should do though, since uh you know people said you know it's kind of like H two O, it's a direct sequel to the first one. Someone should make a direct sequel to Part Six, so we can find out the you know the end of that story arc. I would have been fine not seeing the start of that story arc. You know, <laughs> I, I I I I kind of feel like that film made the same mistake you know the the zombie Halloween made. Like, uh, to me, the horror of Halloween is you come home, your kid snapped inexplicably and killed his sister and you send him to doctors and he can't figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. I don't need an explanation. That's cool. I don't need an explanation for why fucking Boba Fett takes hates on solo. I don't, I don't need, you know, I mean, it, it, it just audiences today suck. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. I literally saw a post like regardless of what you might, might think about Cloverfield, paradox or whatever it is i literally saw a post on a friend's uh you know facebook you know watching it now so far not impressed it's like you're fucking posting on facebook while watching a movie and 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 trying to critique it simultaneously fuck uh-huh. you that's audience <laughs> today uh-huh but yeah i actually agree about um about the about the halloween because um loomis is the one that really sells uh uh, the horror of of, uh, of Michael Myers in the first one, because it, it is like this man of science who uh, who 
eventually accepts that this person is evil, and that really sells uh, the terror. And that's, also, that's made what's it brilliant like, about it. Yeah, and it also could be anywhere then, because most people watching it live in a regular neighborhood, and then anyone around, even a normal-looking kid, could be, uh, you know, this killer. As opposed to the idea, of, um, you would know something's going to be wrong with this guy who's like bullied all the time and has terrible parents and. And that yes. could be another movie, but it takes it's not what the Halloween was. M- M- Malcolm McDowell's Loomis is the most incompetent doctor ever. It's like it's, it's like you can't get to the bottom of this one. I mean, this is like textbook. Like <laughs> like like really? Oh yeah. Is there a good uh like influence in this kid's life? Uh no, not one. But I think well, I think that's the why the old it, one. Go ahead. Well, well, yeah. Plus, plus in the old one, when Michael Myers disappears into a like crowd in the street, he disappears. How are you going to have Tyler Maine disappear into a crowd? You know, <laughs> he's like a head taller right. than everybody. It's like, oh, there he is. Right. I don't know. And who wouldn't be afraid of him? I mean, he's a seven foot tall dude with like this really creepy mask and crazy hair and, and like this old like you know tattered suit. And it's like, well, you <laughs> yeah. have to be you know Let's crazy stay away not from to that like, dude. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then in the second one, they just every character was totally different, and uh, uh, Loomis in that one was like this asshole who was like selling his story. It was it was uh, it was bad. I agree. Plus, like I no plus I, that one. yeah. Troy and I almost left the theater when it was like a half hour into the movie when you find out it was all a dream, and it's like like you know maybe for the first five minutes, but. You're invested in a movie a half wait. an hour, then it's all a dream. It's just like, what the hell? Wait, whoa, wait, wait, which film was this? Halloween 2. The first half hour of oh. the movie is all a dream. And then, then they wake up, and it's like, what the hell am I watching? Hmm. I don't know if I finished that one. I remember there was a white horse, and I, I was good. Oh, there's a lot of white horse in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a shitload you made, you, of white you, you made that sound. You, you made that sound creepier than the film itself. Oh God! <laughs> like, well, <laughs> there a double yeah, meeting just... I missed out on? Oh no! There's just a lot of white horse going around. <laughs> See, Arisa, uh, Lance Hendrickson will be there. That's one of my uh, favorites. Oh, sweet! You know, it's weird, Lance Hendrickson. When I had him on the show. Uh, he's kind of intimidating, and even when you see him, he's kind of intimidating. Just because he's a very—he looks like he'd be very intense. But if you talk to him, he's just—he's a very uh, pleasant guy. Oh and yeah, very yeah, and a very smart guy. You, oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite stories of doing the show. Actually, we called him up, and he said he was like sitting on like a giant stone, like frog, and like his over like a pool in his in his house and i was just like okay cool that's, that's a good place we do it in the interview i guess i don't know but... <laughs> well he's establishing was... establishing the vi- visual for you you know he's, he's he's giving you the big picture it helps you get in the right mental state mm. yeah yeah exactly. when you get the gravelly lance voice going you're just like okay i can buy that you know sitting sitting yeah. on a giant frog kind of softens the blow yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah and I mean, some people say like if you ha- if you have to give a speech, you you imagine the audience naked. Instead, just imagine them sitting on stone frogs. You know, that's, <laughs> that's the equivalent. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, what was I going to say? It was uh, oh, what kind of panels are going to be? I don't know if you announced them yet or if you want to announce them yet. Uh, we're, we're, we're announcing uh, them tomorrow. 
you know, I think, uh, you know, I think we have uh, Felissa Rose uh, bringing some exclusive uh, Death House clips. Oh, very um, cool. of course, of course, Robert will be doing a panel. Um, uh, we have a child's play panel with, uh, Alex and Christine, um, an aliens panel, you know, mm-hmm. what, you know, I mean, pretty, pretty, pretty much it's, 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 it's going to be another solid lineup of, uh, Q and A's and Levi will be doing his thing. Yeah. And Levi's the best, um, uh, yeah, his, his historian from the Chinese theater. He, uh, I mean, he's, he's you know worked with everybody from uh, Mel Brooks to you know Jerry Lewis. Rest in peace. I mean, he's he's the consummate professional. You know, it's you know we don't just you know, like pull fans out of the audience and hope it works out. We uh, you know he does a lot of research. You know, in some instances he has like personal relationships with uh, some of these people from the Chinese theater who come there. You know, premieres and whatnot. And it's just uh, yeah, I mean we're really fortunate. We really try to give it our all. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, did you know Levi before you were doing Mad Monster? Like, uh, you know, how, how did your relationship start? Um, well, no, I, I uh, you know, a mutual friend, my buddy Peter, who was with the theater. Uh, I think we were, we, we, had, it was around the time we started the uh, uh, Mad Monster screenings. And, you know, uh, we met Levi and, and, and uh, we had some mutual friends, obviously, like Peter Morton, the charming, uh, Englishman that runs around my show. And, uh, yeah, he just, you know, he, he had such a passion for it. And we, we, you know, once I realized what an asset he was and just how funny he is, you know, with his scary Oki and, you know, the guy turns into a beast, you know, when you're lucky enough it to get some drinks in him. Uh, uh-huh. so yeah. yeah, it's like feed the beast alcohol and just, you know, watch the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, a, it was a great time. Uh, just watching him do scary Oki and, um, I think it was uh, Seattle. Oh yeah, yeah. My no, first he's, time uh, seeing. He's he's something else. He's something else. Yeah. That man is a man yeah. worth buying a drink for. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I lost the vi- I lost the well, I lost a lot of videos when I, a hard drive died. But uh, that was one of the videos I had was uh, was Levi doing karaoke and uh, me doing karaoke and Levi dancing behind me in uh, which was which is a great video. But unfortunately, it's lost. But I have the memory. Yeah, he he's he's very supportive of other karaoke artists. So, yeah, do you have Do you ever? You, I don't think you ever. Do you ever perform in karaoke? I performed once. Oh well, not including the uh, Creepmas party, where you know the Mad Monster Creepmas party is uh, pretty legendary. You know, lots of uh, that's pretty much where we all fucking unle- unleash and uh, have a good time. But uh, you know, if circumstances right, you know, I no one wants to hear me sing. I, I stay in the shadows. <laughs> uh. Do you have a go-to uh, song? Go to no, no. It's really uh, whatever I'm feeling. I think last time it was uh, uh, David Naughton's "Making It." I think is the last thing I did. <laughs> that's yeah, that's that a is. good one. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You know, my, my I have a lot of favorite uh, karaoke moments, but uh, one time I sang uh, to Will Bozar, sat in a chair, and I sang um, uh, Tenacious D's. Uh, uh, you don't always have to fuck her hard to Will Bozart. And that was a, that was a great experience. Just, you know, one of my, very there emotional. are a lot of things that, there are a lot of things that come close to fruition behind the scenes that if fans <laughs> ever found out we were working on, uh-huh. they would just like be, be as heartbroken as I, when it doesn't work out. But one of those things we had Shavar Ross scheduled for last year 
And oh, I worked nice. with Bozarth to get together a um, Mr. Horton cosplay to do a Horton's bike <laughs> shop. You know, the the, 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 the uh, guy uh, who tried to molest Dudley exactly. and Arnold. Uh, uh, now, I don't know if you put exactly this online or if I'm even... Said it, right? uh-huh. Well, for the benefit of your audience that don't remember, like, classic 80 pedophiles. But, um, uh, <clears throat> again, I don't know if I'm even supposed to be saying this because I don't know if you ever released the pictures, but... You know, if not, there should be an online petition to see Bozarth as Mr. Horton. He sent me some test shots. And I remember Shavar uh, had to cancel. And without thinking, I was dead fucking serious. I just emailed him like, oh, no, is there anything we could do to preserve this? Because we arranged for a Mr. Horton photo op. And I sent him the picture of Bozarth. And as soon as I sent it, I was like, Oh my God, this guy really doesn't know me. And out of context, this it, it, it probably guarantees he's <laughs> never coming to a mad monster party. You know, it's like, remember the fictitious character that tried to molest you in the 80s sitcom? Well, we had one waiting for you. You know, <laughs> we wanted to, like, like, like I was going to try to get Will to do like a uh, Mr. Horton pony rides. Remember how you had kids riding on them? Uh-huh. But never happened. Oh, man. Man. That's a shame, though. I would have enjoyed it. I don't know. You, you, um, you, you got to ask him to see the pictures. He he sent them to me, and they were. I mean, his commitment. He had the camera. He had that like you know peach sweater. It's so good. You just got to <laughs> ask him. For, I mean, like really, we should have just done the op. You know, with him. You know, I mean, we didn't even need Javar. We could have just you know. Uh huh. Watch some cartoons enough. to get cartoons together get in the tub be, yeah be all set all good uh-huh man that's it must suck for him to be known for that like uh both of both the actors both uh shavar and uh the guy from wkrp in cincinnati who played uh the, the child molester <laughs> well, well, well it was a very special episode of different strokes i mean and any 80s kid remembers the impact of a very special episode that meant it was going to be dark disturbing and you know <laughs> right and they have to bring in another kid special. Like, like they can't do it with like the star of the show because that kind of like will taint the show forever it's like oh man is a you know the star was molested but uh you know it's a, well, the other arnold, like arnold a, a got away character. arnold got yeah. away but but Dudley stayed behind in the Tarzan outfit. So, I mean, that is pretty much like a, you know, main character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's very memorable. So, but, uh, yeah. Maybe it'll happen down the road. Uh, speaking One of that, uh, I, might have, I might have asked you this before, but, uh, you know, doing the show, and I know you're very busy when you're there and everything, but... Uh, what are some of the people that you've had at Mad Monster Party and you makes you, you know, you know, years later, when, or you'll always remember like, hey, I can't believe or it's pretty awesome that I had so-and-so at Mad Monster at some point in time. Uh, the year we had Adam West, Chubby Checker showed up to hang out with Peter, Chris and Adam West. And I saw him going into the RIP room and I was like, <laughs> that guy looks like Chubby Checker. And I saw him walk <laughs> in the RIP room and I, I saw my like stiff let him in and I was just like the hell is this about like they're not screening people and then he, i saw he was talking to adam west i went in sure enough it was friggin' chubby checker you know and then uh, ricky rackman was also just showing up to hang out and talk to i forget who so it's funny the celebrities that show up that you know if you could get them to just hang out to the table they'd actually have a line but they just mm-hmm. like everyone else they uh come hang out and enjoy the show yeah 
that's pretty cool. Uh, do do you collect anything from uh, from your shows, or maybe something uh, unrelated to the shows? Nothing from my shows per se. I mean, I have some stuff. Actually, uh, you know, uh, one of the biggest supporters of the show, uh, my my buddy Scott has, uh, you know, a better bad monster collection than I do. Like he'll occasionally post stuff, and like literally, there'll be things where we had like a one-off poster that you know I don't. I, I literally think it was like a one-off poster that we would just hang on a wall somewhere, and it's on his wall. I'm like, hey, how come he has this and I don't? You know, it's just like uh, uh-huh. I, I think the first Spook show he has. Uh, you know, when we had, uh, you know, Philip Morris and, and, uh, you know, just, you know, just, you know, it was a really cool, uh, I think I, I want to say it was a Saturday night spook show. I don't remember what it was, but yeah. Um, you know, there's some cool memorabilia that we'll put out there and then just, you know, you run around, you're not thinking about it. You don't snag yourself one. You're like, damn it. I missed the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, Something sometimes people don't bring up is uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, cool vendors at uh, at Mad Monster Party, and it's always fun to walk around and, and see what the, they have. Uh, this year, I'll be looking for some patches because I started a, a horror movie hoodie, so I'm going to look for some cool patches to put on. And uh, anyway, all the vendors are listed on the website, so you can go to a madmonster.com. Right. Uh, there's too many to name off, right. but a lot of, lot of very cool vendors are going to be there. Yeah, and I can't even go down the road because, like, like, because again, like, if I don't name someone, I'm gonna feel terrible because it really is like a family. Like, the majority of them have been with us since the first year. That's why it's a little tough for new vendors to get in, you know, um, you know, just because most of them re up. Uh, but, but I mean, yeah, like, uh, I was heavily inspired by Chiller Theater. I, I think uh, Kevin Clement's Chiller Theater in New Jersey, circa 1992, you know, like that that era is literally the, you know, I mean, just, you know, the golden time for conventions. It, it was across the street from the Meadowlands and it seriously had the best vendor floor you could possibly imagine. Like vintage horror toys, you know, uh, not everybody had like insane eBay pricing. Uh, you mm-hmm. could find old Mark's monster, you name it, you could find anything. And then that's what we try to do. We try to um, make sure that we don't have like, 40 t-shirt dealers and 30 toy vendors we try to that's why we screen our vendors to try to get a variety mm-hmm. so that's, a, that's yeah, a, think, what we try to do a, yeah i think that's important because i've been to conventions where you walk around and it really is just everyone everyone's just selling t-shirts and like well, you know that's cool and all but you most know. conventions don't screen uh, a, a mm-hmm. lot of shows you can literally just go and and buy a table the way you can from uh you know like let's say when you buy a ticket you know, it's it's real simple. You just go in, you fill out the form, boom, and you know, we just we screen. We don't want just anyone buying a table. You know, it's like I don't want someone there selling timeshares unless they're like haunted timeshares. Then it's okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I was at a convention last year because uh, it was local, and uh, there were vendors that were the there was one was selling furniture, and I just I couldn't wrap my I'm I'm like well you know first of all if you're going to a horror convention who why you want to buy a couch plus do like you can't like i'm gonna go put this couch in my luggage and you know bring it home with me it was just so bizarre to me oh yeah oh yeah i mean some of the, some of the people that apply and then they're like kind of scandalized like why why you don't want them you know and it's just like mm-hmm. you know, it's just like look did you even know what this <laughs> you know what this event <laughs> is about like yeah but and the, they walked around the convention because it was it's kind of a local thing it's uh what is it um Barney and Cardi's? Phil or something. No, it's, it it's uh, maybe it's 
it's like something I forget. I'm trying to think of the jingle in my in my head. And like the uh, the logo is like three guys. And so anyway, they had dressed up. They had people dressed up as the three guys from their their furniture ad. And we're walking around the convention. And I was just like, just so like dumb. Like, I, it was just very bizarre <laughs> to me. Yeah. In all fairness, they got you talking about them on your show. <laughs> that's so, very true. It did. Well, yeah. Perhaps, I don't know if perhaps it's not as dumb as you think. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, but well, 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 yeah, but, you can't remember the brothers' names, though. <laughs> that's true. I could. It's a picture in my mind, but yeah, yeah. They were selling a bunch of uh, oddball stuff. Yeah, and, and and again, it's you know, it's a, it's a, it's like when there's a theme, it, it, you know, it just we we try to make it as. Uh, you know, it's fun for everybody, including the vendors, you know? So, you know, we don't want to bring people that are going to have heavy competition. We're fortunate enough to have brilliant artists. So like even our shirt guys, a lot of them, you know, manufacture and, and, and produce shirts and patches and whatever with their own logos designs. So, you know, it's not like having like, you know, again, like 30 vendors selling stuff, you're going to get a hot topic, you know? Right. Yeah. I remember one too. There was a because this was like a very specific thing. It was and it was cool. It was uh, they they would do like a caricature of you uh, of a, as a zombie, and like right. in the same like in the same another guy doing the exact same thing. They you know they had different styles, but I was like, I mean that's such such like a you know a specific thing to have two of them you know in the same place. It just you know it wasn't it wasn't good for either guy. Well, it, 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 it's very much the same, like all these uh, conventions you see popping up, you know, it, 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 I think it's the same is true in any business. You know, you, you go to something, you see something, you're like, I could do that. And you're good at emulating something, or at least you think you are, but you're not good at necessarily creating something. So you just decide, mm-hmm. I'm going to do what that person's doing. And you don't quite capture the magic, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, it's why you see so many, like, uh, same thing with, like, so many shows that pop up and fail. You know, you'll have a bunch of attendees that go to a show and they're like, you know what would be awesome at this show? Like, free crackers. I'm going to do the exact same thing, but my hook is going to be free crackers for all participants or whatever. You know, and then, <laughs> oh. like, they they don't understand the logistics and they have this, like, fucking arbitrary hook that's really not going to make an impact one way or the other. You know, and then they just uh-huh. go down in flames. So, uh-huh. yeah, there, there'll always be the zombie caricature artist and the zombie caricature artist. Not as good, but with crackers. <laughs> right. I'm looking forward to some free crackers in Charlotte. So I hope, I hope they're waiting. I actually put myself in the mood for some crackers. I'm like look, looking at this box of Ritz. That's really what this conversation is about. <laughs> yeah, I'm more of a Triscuit guy. but Really? Kind of, you don't yeah, like kind the, of, uh, the... I'm like a, a golden buttery Ritz? Of, uh, I'm like the fancy lad of crackers. I like the... The, the like I have a, I actually out in the other room I have like fig and honey uh, triscuits. Hmm, they're good. Yeah, I, I like I like the uh, bu- the buttery salty goodness of a Ritz to me is unbeatable. Uh-huh. I got I got you, but, Troy. Do you do you have do you have a favorite cracker? I'm more of like uh I, I like like the cheese that goes on bean. it or something. I, I'm more of a water cracker guy. The cracker's not as important as the junk oh. you're putting on it for me. I see. All right. I see. Fair enough. Fair I enough. just want like a you know a blank palette to show off like my smoke gouda or something. I gotcha. Okay. It, it does. It does amuse me. You know, uh, on the Triscuit boxes, they'll always show like ideas, 
and it'll be like it'll be like five different things and like like this you know like a like a tiny tomato cut into like a third and like a, a slice of like a paper thin slice of cucumber and like all and I'm like who the hell is going through the trouble to do that for a cracker? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to turn this into a competition, but you see, Ritz, Ritz doesn't have to go for the hard sell. They, they, all, all they do is they show you a slice of cheese on a cracker, saying you can do this if you want. But at the end of the day, we know the cracker's good enough without it. I'm just saying. Fair enough, fair enough. So, uh, yeah, but besides crackers, there's a lot going on next week at Mad Monster Party yeah. in Charlotte. Uh, so, honestly, uh, I do want to mention the, the hotel itself is very cool because uh right outside there's like a man-made um lake or whatever with the uh so you can walk all around it and there's a lot of uh, nice restaurants right within walking distance which uh for anyone who does uh, go to conventions who you know either don't drive there or don't rent a car uh that's really important because you can you don't have to you know travel a long distance uh, you don't have to just stay and eat in the hotel you can go get, get something get a and then cab and go everywhere and stuff. Yeah, you yeah, can no, this, just this walk is hands down the best venue. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that area. Hand, hands down the best venue in the Carolinas. You know, uh, um, yeah, I mean, far better than the the other one we we uh, had. You know, the uh, you know place formerly known as the Blake. Yeah, you know, place was just a disgrace. Um, hands down, it's just a nicer area. You know, more convenient, better options. Uh, that's, and, you know, there, there, there are certain guests, you know, it's not exactly a coincidence that, uh, you know, arguably, you know, until this, you know, you know, people are regarding this as our best lineup, but a lot of people prior to this really loved our lineup the last time we were at this venue, Hulk Hogan, William Shatner. And mm-hmm. uh, it's not exactly coincidental that some guests have requirements like um, star rating requirements in hotels. You know, there's some guests that will research a venue you're at and be like, I'm not going to that dive, you know? And, uh, so that's the other thing. It's like this, this is a, you know, nice venue that has a good reputation and, you know, it's easy to get good guests. Cool. Yeah. That yeah, makes a lot like, of sense too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Before Mad Monster, we, we went there for years for, uh, NWA Charlotte, uh, fan fest and, uh, the hotel even let you have uh, live wrestling there. If, uh, if you ever choose to at some point. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because we were actually looking at it this year and it's something we might uh, entertain next year. Oh, very cool. Yeah. It's yeah, really you're fun very, you're watching wrestling in, in a hotel. It's a, it's a great place for that, like, because they have a pretty big event room that they set up for that. Who was well, you it know, now I mean, that, really, that we, rented we, we, the ring? Uh, George South. What's that? George South, yeah. yeah. If, if you really think about it, um, George South, he'll rent the ring to you. And he'll set it up, uh, too. Yeah, real nice guy. Yeah, for a friend of mine, Maiden Grant, who does all, like, you know, the uh, Eugene Clark Big Daddy makeup, and she did our Sid makeup, and, you know, uh, she worked with Beekler on the uh, Jason makeup. You know, she's a big wrestling fan, and she, uh, go, like, supports this uh, local wrestling promotion, and she put us in touch. And, uh, yeah, we were, we were thinking about doing it this year, but honestly, uh, I mean, the amount of vendors we weren't able to accommodate this year, you know, we got more submissions mm-hmm. for, like, new vendors, and like I said you know, uh, tables sell out so quick with our, you know, our, our regulars, you know, if, if I had twice the space, I probably could have had twice the vendors. It just simply mm-hmm. isn't enough room for the show as it is. So like, we definitely have to enter, like, like, like use our space wisely. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, uh, I haven't been in a couple of years. I was very sick. Uh, I'm better now. 
Troy hasn't been to a convention with me for for quite a while, so yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, getting uh, Troy out to, to something. So, and I've never uh, been to a week... Mad Monster, so I'm all excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you, uh, thank you. Yeah. Also, you guys are, you know, I mean, at least you, Neil, you're a shady character, so you know. <laughs> in, in in fact, I'll, I'll, as as we speak, you know, because. Uh, you know, you're one of the few people I message. You know, we message back and forth on Facebook. Yeah, I don't have a lot of Facebook friends because I hate people. I don't have a lot of real friends. Why would I have Facebook friends? Uh, so I'm actually going through our messages now, looking for messages out of context for me to screen cap and uh, you know make uh, <laughs> accusations of inappropriate behavior against you for. And I'm having a hard time. I mean, I think I could get you for sexual harassment. Um, I think I could get you. For, I don't know if I can get you for body shaming. But I'm I'm trying to find a way to villainize you uh, with out of context messages for me to screen right. I just ask yeah. that you never release the full messages in their contact <laughs> context. Because it, it would be it would be totally you know uh, it would be so hard to just show what you post to then show the replies or what led to led to those. No, I, I no, I rather when, you not. Especially those when are irrelevant though. Uh, especially when they're in a group chat with uh, with two other people. <laughs> Yeah, but I was looking the other well, way. Yeah, no, no. Oh, that's right. Well, 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 well. You know, and, 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 you know, out of respect, I ask that you just not contradict my allegations because they're <laughs> going to be really flimsy and hard enough for me to generate. So the last thing I need is you actually poking holes in them. Right. You could even post so. the pictures that you set yourself and, and say that, that I sent them because it would be possible. Well, I'm, 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 show, I'm show pretty show good at Photoshop. Well, you know, it's kind of like when people post those, uh, you know, parody tweets, you know, of like Trump and Trump replies. It's really not hard to just change the name on a Facebook message. So you kind of inspired me there. But, 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 but you know, I mean, earlier tonight, I actually posted an in-depth uh, allegation uh, with all the horrible things you did. But then I realized it wasn't accurate, so I had to retract it. But I'm, 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 I'm actually in my third draft now. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and well, then, and then if, if you have stuff, name. if you need any more, I'll just send them <laughs> over to you. Yeah, no, I'd appreciate that. I'd, okay. I'd appreciate that. Very good. <laughs> I might have like old doodles that he did, and like you know, when he was ten, might be something <laughs> inappropriate <laughs> in that. Well, uh, I'm easily triggered. I mean, you know, I was telling uh, t- telling a bunch of inappropriate jokes to to uh, Neil, but he actually laughed. And um, that just offended me that, you know, yeah. he, he would find, you know, such distasteful jokes that I told humorous. Yep. That's so, well, being an enabler, I think. So that's that's another yeah. thing to write against him. Yes. Yeah. So no, I'm going to contact all, all my celebrity friends that are attending my show and just let them know that you're a predator. And, yep. you know, I just just go along with it, would you? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Fair I'd enough. appreciate that. Yeah. I need some drama. I just need some drama, Neil. I'm I'm, I'm lonely. No one's paying attention. I just need some drama, so I'd appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I, I, I totally understand. I totally understand. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. All right, so we'll meet you next week. Charlotte, Men Monster Party, February 16th through the 18th. Uh, the day, it'll end the day before my birthday. But if anyone out there, I'm shameless. If you want to bring me a birthday present, I will totally accept it. So, uh... <laughs> So hope to see you. I know actually a lot of uh, in your head fans are coming too. Well, I, I mean, okay. Well, I mean, I'm hosting the birthday, and you know, it's kind of like your manager. So I, I think like ten percent of the offerings that you get, you know, just factor me in, please. <laughs> All right. You know, I just, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. We're in Thank something you. for Evan too. Yeah, yeah. He's a good Thank man. You. He's a good Thank man. You. Yeah. But yeah, it does uh, uh for people who don't I think everyone knows who listens to the show, but I also do a wrestling show in your head. And uh, a lot of uh, the Interhater fans are going to come to the show as well. So uh, it's going to be a fun time. I know President Clinton of, uh, of In Your Head fame is, is going to be there and uh, uh, several of the other people. So it's going to be a good time. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks so much. I always love uh, you know, talking to you and, uh, you know, and then look forward to meeting you at the show. You know, I, I feel like I know you're talking to Neil about uh, our mutual <laughs> love for Craven. So I think oh, exactly. Good. Exactly. Very nice. Yeah. It'll be very good. All right. Uh, good talking All to right. you. We'll be back here. And uh, well, we can have you back on sometime and just not even talk about conventions if you like. Absolutely. But in all seriousness, before we go, you know, for people that didn't catch on, on, on uh, you know, me, me, you know that, that, that little inside joke, I don't know how inside it is. You know, I just want to say that, you know, uh, you know, in this day and age, a lot of people just need to seek attention by any means. And they don't really think about uh, consequences of some of the stuff they say. And uh, I just want to say, Neil, you know, out of uh, all the people on the circuit, you know, everyone that I know, all our mutual friends, have nothing but the utmost respect for you. So, uh, you know, I just want to say, all kidding aside, when, uh, you know, when your character comes into question, you know, uh, you know, I don't know anyone that actually, you know, has anything but the, the utmost respect for you. And just don't let, let any bullshit get to you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And other people were also involved in that. Um, not knowing that they, they were not intentional, they didn't want to be involved in that. They were named in that, and uh, they were not happy. Even some people, you know, were having issues with me, and it made them very mad. And uh, and uh, possibly people will will hear from them in the near future. So there you go. Well, yeah, and and, and it's easy to have a civil disagreement, you know, without fabricating nonsense. So just because right. uh, you you might have an altercation with someone, you know, those people can still have integrity. And just you know, distance themselves from preposterous, you know, slander. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly so, is exactly which is exactly what happened, I would say. And uh, yeah, yeah. And, so uh, so yeah. I just wanted to address, wanted to address that. Yeah. Very very. Well, good. thanks, man. Thank you very much. I right, have a good one. We you as well. From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. The Tomb of Nick Cage. Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. All right, and we're back here once again at the Station of Decapitation Without Your Head. It's been a loaded show. We've had uh, Genoveva Rossi on the show. We had Camille Keaton. We had Eben McGar. Next week, just talk to the man. We're going to be in Charlotte for Mad Monster. It's going to be a a great time, Troy. Oh, absolutely. And if anybody listening makes the scene, come up, introduce yourself, and uh, come up and say hi. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So uh, I do want to mention these real quick. We're not going to go into them because it's very late here. And and, and Mr. Jones here has to get up for work early in the morning. But uh, 
coming out the the uh, the weekend of uh, uh, I believe it's right after Mad Monster. Uh, Death House will be coming out on the twenty third, along with Hell's Kitty. Uh, uh, Hell's Kitty looks very funny to me. Uh, oh, Death yeah. House. Both of those looked really good. Yeah, and both of them are just loaded with uh, with horror uh, you know icons. Oh yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Annihilation, which very looks very uh, like the mist. Yeah, I'm I'm really digging the look of that one too. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that one would uh, actually all those I would definitely like to see. And yeah. and uh, lodgers, which I had not heard of until uh, Jason mentioned it. Uh, mentioned it, and it, it could, you know I'm not always big on the uh, the haunted house kind of thing, but this one looks like have a, a neat little twist to it, and mm-hmm. uh, it does look interesting. Yeah, I thought um, all four trailers that I watched, I, you know, for different reasons, I I thought they all looked good. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, that new Death House trailer I think looks great. I know I've seen stuff yeah. before, and it was cool that there was people involved, but that one, like the movie itself, looks very good. Yeah, that was the only thing I was worried about. That you know, if you just uh, cram jam too many people and things, that everyone will be kind of lost. But this one, the trailer made it look really, really good. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, I do want to tell you this story before, before we wrap up, because I had some stuff you want to talk about. This one I thought you'd be very interested in, in that Conan the Barbarian series is being developed by Amazon. And it's not based on uh, the Marvel comic books, but it's based on the original uh, books. Oh, OK. So it's a Robert E. Howard stuff. Yeah. I'll, that's cool. But most of those. It's going to be a little bit different than if they're doing it by by a lot of his stories, because a majority of his stories are when uh, when Conan was king. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be a ton of like, um, you know, earlier Conan. Uh, there's not that that many stories to choose from as far as before he becomes king of Aquilonia. Mm-hmm. Cool. So uh, I'm interested in that, though, definitely. I'd oh, like yeah. to see a good Conan. You know, um, I, this is one that some people always talk about, you know, I don't want to see like a PG-13 version of blah, blah, blah. But I, I would like to see the more serious Conan, like the original uh, film, a more brutal, oh, yeah. you know, uh, not like a not like a goofy. Hopefully it's not like a, you know, like the Hercules TV show or something. Oh, yeah. Or, or more like the Destroyer where it was. Pretty yeah, goofy. Goofy. yeah, and then it was the same way with even the Momoa one wasn't nearly as like you no. know the tone wasn't as serious as, as yeah. the first Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also thought to mention this Troy before before we go is our boy, our man John Gulliger, one of our all time favorite guests. Absolutely, he made the new Children of the Corn. It's out now. Children of the Corn Runaway, or it's coming out now on Blu-ray. Might be on video on demand. And so I know there's all kinds of Children of the Corn, and I'm not really necessarily big on most of them besides, you know, the original one. Right. But since John Gulliger is involved, I know it's going to be like batshit crazy. Oh, I can't wait. Now Now that you tell me this, so I'm all excited. Yeah, so this is definitely one we're going to have to uh, check out. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. And then uh, um, I do want to say uh, rest in peace to uh, Alf, hum- Alf uh, Humphreys, who is uh, from the original My Bloody Valentine. In my opinion, 
uh, one of the best slasher films, very underrated. I know it's it's gotten more love over the years, but uh, a great film. And everyone we've ever talked to uh, from the movie, I've always really enjoyed. We never got to talk to Alf, but uh, sadly he passed away. And uh, everyone involved in the movie talk, really talks highly of him and said oh. he was, you know, very fun and, and just a, a really good guy. And I guess was one of the guys that really got them all together to do like, uh, you know, the conventions. Oh, okay. Wow. Which character was he? Uh, he's kind of like the the comic relief character, with the mustache and the glasses. I believe so. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, that yeah. was one of my favorite characters in the movie too. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a. I honestly think that's one of the better uh, slashers. I think oh, they've got eyes creeping. It's got the the great music in it. Yep. The kills are, are are awesome. There's a lot, a lot of good. I mean. Just the area they film it in, like in the mines. Or so, I think it's an excellent movie. Yeah, all all the characters are much more believable in that than, than yeah, some yes, of they the are. Slash. They seem like real. They seem like real people, not like a, a collection of like really hot, you know. Right. Right. Characters. Yeah. Yeah, they look like people that may actually live in your town. You know. Sure. You know, they they're good looking people, but believably good looking people. Yeah. Yep. And uh, last is uh, Elevation is uh, coming from Stephen King, uh, a, a new book he wrote. Oh. It's coming out this year, but it's only 144 pages. Oh, so it's more like a novella then. I guess, yeah. Oh, uh, does he normally put those in collections, or does he ever actually? Yeah, usually you'll get those in like um, like a um, four. He'll usually do four like hundred page stories together. Yeah, you know, that's kind of his mo when it comes to that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, very cool. And uh, so there won't be a live show next week, but there may be some uh, podcasts, uh, iTunes, Google Play uh, exclusive shows. So check without your head. This weekend will be an RA Mahalov interview coming up. So uh, keep your eye on the show. And uh, throughout the the future here, there'll probably there'll probably be like that. There'll be some. Uh, you know, our live, there'll always be the live show, unless we're away at a convention or something. But um, just like uh, last week, Russell Jeffrey Banks interview, excellent. Um, I love it from, when uh, you do the pop-up shows. That's just the coolest thing. Yeah. And who's watching Oliver Troy? You have to see this. this is a great uh, serial killer film. Yeah, I, I heard, like, such good things about it. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, so uh, the interview with Russell's up there. It's It's 90 minutes. It starts off, um, it's a lot of just his backstory, how he got from England to uh, to Bangkok, Thailand, where he lives, how he got into movies, uh, about the movie itself, because uh, he's one of the writers, and he stars as Oliver. And and then we just talked about stuff, like uh, growing up in the 80s, we had a lot of similarities, mm-hmm. uh, you know, going to the VHS store, stuff like that. Uh, and nice. uh, he's, so it's really cool. And he's going to come back to it, which I think you'll really like, and he's going to, for a guest uh, co-host spot. Oh, perfect. At some point in time, which we're going to do nice. every once in a while. I think maybe we'll do the 666 uh, store uh, thing uh, with uh, us and a guest host at times. I think that would All be right. fun. That's perfect. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And also Marshall Hilton of Primal Rage. This is by me, in my opinion, hands down the best Bigfoot movie I've ever seen. Really? Absolutely love it. Just it's extremely brutal all practical effects Ooh, the nice. bigfoot looks amazing the gore is just awesome and uh the director 
um, who we're going to have on the show too. Uh, that might be next week too, as a, as a uh, podcast uh, version of the show. And um, it's like his, uh, I won't give too much away the interview, but it was his uh, passion project for 10 years. His background is he's done special effects in aliens and, and the predator movies and like oh, really wow. big stuff. And so he always wanted to make a Bigfoot movie. And so he totally designed the Bigfoot character and he plays Bigfoot in the movie. No, he's, and it's a totally different take on Bigfoot because in, in Primal Rage, uh, Troy, Bigfoot is intelligent. Oh. So not necessarily like he's speaking or anything, but he like makes his own camouflage. He makes weapons. Uh, it's really cool take on Bigfoot. Wow. And then it's got a, it's got a little weird uh, backstory with a witch that's totally awesome and some Native American stuff and uh this this was really a, a this was a big surprise. I really like this movie a lot. Yeah, all right. I will definitely look for that one then. Yeah. All right. So, till well, next week we'll be at Mad Monster. Keep an eye on the website. There'll be updates. Uh, there'll definitely be uh, you know pictures popping up. I don't know if we'll do any live videoing. It's possible, but it's a little hard usually to do when we're out. But when we get back, there'll be videos. There'll be uh, recaps. It'll be all the good stuff. I'm looking forward to the convention. Uh, it's been too long since we've been to one. And Charlotte, love that area. So that, it, it, so far, it's going to be a big win. Mm-hmm. All right. So until then, this is Nestino. And this is Terrible Troy. Mm, and this is without your head. <laughs> Heartless scientist across the 